Material Components. Episode 44, Proper Introductions. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Ergoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing, yeah, doing. (laughs) Hey. Cough. 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 Uh, I am Olivia, and I will be playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I'm Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And I would like to begin this session the same way I begin every session, by asking the four of you if you remember what happened last time. Uh, we found some big old bones. Mm. Yeah. Dem bones, dem bones. Uh, Uh, yes. The bones of a giant god, possibly killed by the hobgoblins. Um, Not possibly. Super 100%. (laughs) Super possible. Hobgoblin. Uh, Definitely killed by, okay. So, you know, if that's not a, I think, I feel like that's a good sign. I I feel Uh like that is, uh, a good mm-hmm. omen for things to come. I don't yes, know. Uh, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, we may have surmised that perhaps that is why the salt lands or the salt flats are, that's the, the reason why it, they are the way they are. Yes, indeed. To, I've, yeah, I was just about to say, to quote Mike from last episode, yeah, yeah no, these are super desecrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totes desecration, yo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of goblins, uh, we also made a new acquaintance in a figure known as the Nilbog, which, what could that possibly be- mean? It's I'd say impressive. friends. Probably no. not. I liked him. Nilbog no. means friend. <laughs> no. Super, super no. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you met an individual that called themselves the Nilbog and introduced themselves as the Herald and Prophet of Maglubiet. Yes. Whatever Some that is. Some kind of ancient goblin god. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Great. <laughs> and he, Weirdly interested the, in Grawl. Yeah, the Nilbog mm. just really wanted, just really wanted to get a sneak peek at Grawl. Just a little, I think, really wanted to see that guy. Behind <laughs> the curtain. Yeah. Just wanted to put his eyeballs. I, I almost had him fooled too until he threw that pillow. And not only <laughs> see the pillow that they do in, yeah, but also ensure that he was definitely a hundred percent going to the bulwark of bones. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which makes me wonder if we had decided to just be like, "Nah, we're not going." If he would have just shown up and been like, just more stabby. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All things within the realm of possibility, to be sure. We're halfway to Fair Aims here, and he's like, ah, I finally caught up with you. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> That's where you went. Took me a minute. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, but we did eventually make it to at least the outside of the bulwark of bone. Um, we're in queue. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> in the queue to get in. It's it's a it's the hottest <laughs> hottest new nightclub. The valley's hottest club is the bulwark of bone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be called the bulwark of bone. Bone. Uh, yeah. So we met with. Uh, well, we met with the dwarven uh, uh, embassy, ambassador, uh, king, folks, right? king, but king. like the the, 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 but the king uh, and retinue of yeah, right, yeah. and like the the coterie. That's the not coterie. the word I was looking for, but it's a good one. Yeah. Um, and those were really the only ones we actually met, and the other ones were just there, like the Lord Mayor Stormhaven, and but, but we're like, but. You are you're like buddies with his his footman now. Yeah, that's true. He nice. gave, gave him some food because God knows nobody else was gonna do it. <laughs> Lord Mayor. Yes, Steve was his name. Steve, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that Lee Pace looking motherfucker on the elk. Um, uh huh. Was oh, that what he looks like now? I don't know. That's just reminded. I I didn't. My brain wasn't making the connection, and then I did this time. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just kind of like. I mean, either it looks like Lee Pace or the nasty goblins from the animated one. <laughs> uh, yes, I believe that was Oberon. Yeah. Yes, you were at least told that the person on Mooseback was Oberon Greenvein, Archfey of the Eastwood. And also, Darren Dunn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Ambassador from Fair Aemsir. Oh, and what he's, an ambassador he is! He's, I don't know. He's he's also shaped like a friend to me. <laughs> uh, he's shaped like a puddle on the ground. Yep. <laughs> he's laying in his own puddle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He makes his puddle wherever he goes. Yeah, keeps him warm. <laughs> because yes, you had found yourself on the outskirts of the bulwark of bone, a fortress now encampment city established by the hobgoblins but now populated by damn near a dozen different species that you could mark centaurs goblinoids of every description lizard folk uh bulets used as mounts you saw ogres you saw giants you saw wyverns this is a mecca for the more monstrous races that call the drylands their home. And just to establish, it seemed that most of these people were here, like, maybe not consensually. Certainly the giants and the ogres yeah. seemed mm -hmm. like they were being pressed into service. Mm -hmm. Tough to really yes. tell without further investigation about the others. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to... I w was rethinking about the episode and I wasn't super clear about about that. So, okay, more investigation needed. Yeah. But yes, while being held at a checkpoint on the outskirts of that camp, you did indeed meet up with other members that were going to this summit, including the representative of the dwarves of Srothheim, the king of Srothheim herself, one Alris Axhart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well as, yes, Oberon Greenvein, uh, representing some Archfey of the Eastwood, 
the drunken half-elf on donkey back by the name of Darren Dunn, uh, representing Fair Ames here, and the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven himself, one Horace Mason, uh, who actually never got out of his carriage. Nope. We did see potentially little eyes gave, through the little slots. Yeah, when we gave his uh, his footman uh, some food. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely got a glance from him. So, Or somebody. But while being held outside of the Bulwark's main encampment, you just hung out with dwarves all night for the most part. Had a pretty good yeah. time. Yeah, pretty yeah. fun. You learned a little bit about the history of the Srothheim dwarves and their cultural differences with dwarves from other parts of the valley. You learned about their ancestry from Duragar, which I think maybe should... I should point to the physical differences of Srothheim dwarves as well. They have that, like, dark, uh, kind of white fading to black complexion that sort of looks like obsidian um, on their skin with, like, weird veins of mineral deposits, sort of like what Goliaths look like a little bit. Mm-hmm. And their eyes, for the most part, are uh, shades of red and orange and amber. Okay. Or like little volcano dwarves. A little mm-hmm. bit, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're apparently descended from dwarves who primarily lived underground before the magic went madness of 500 years ago. But Strothheim isn't underground, right? I mean, the city itself is inside of a mountain, so... Well, well, yeah, kind of then. All right. Just so happens that that ground just goes up farther than most of the other ground. (laughs) Uh, And really, really quick, because you just said it, but I'm... When we eventually interact with this person, I don't want to mess this up. Is it Oberyn or Oberon? Oberon. Okay. Like Oberon Weasley. Oh, I was gonna say like, like Oberon, like for Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, but you can pronounce that name both ways too. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. It's like Titania um, or Titania. Yeah. Or Titania. Hey, hey, hey don't, Sharon, don't call Sharon, her that. She'll be mad. That's go true. Go Oberon and call her that. That's a good idea. <laughs> Let's just your... see what. Where's your wife? She's hot. I want to meet her. Um, he's not. He he's separated. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, we don't know. Probably. Uh, that's why he looks so pissed. <laughs> uh, also, Cherish sent the lesser to do some reconnaissance, some invisible reconnaissance. Indeed. And then you all bedded down for the evening, uh, knowing that you would probably be admitted to the fortress come the next day. The dwarves seeming to be under the impression that you weren't allowed in the encampment until the day of the summit by the insistence of the hobgoblins. Rude. And one other thing happens. Yeah, one Mm. thing at the Mm. very end there did happen. I don't remember what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't? No. And that is one Darren Dunn. Uh, having awoken from his drum- drunken stupor, stumbled mm-hmm. over to a water barrel, dunked himself in, took a couple of big swigs, pulled himself out, stumbled towards Sid, who was on the first watch for the evening, and exclaimed, Sidian, how'd you get out? 
And he's just staring at you as we jump in right there. This really rough shod looking half elf, a dark mop of hair just plastered to his face because of all the water that is now like dripping onto his once fine clothes. Mm-hmm. The five o'clock shadow on his face, just really not doing him any favors on top of the, the road dirt and mud that he's now just kind of caked on plastering mm-hmm. some more of his hair to his face. And he's looking at you with like a a wavering, squinted expression, just blinking is there a smell? repeatedly. There is, is there a smell wafting from from this fine, finely soaked gentleman. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a like a body odor smell, but he does reek of wine. Mm. Okay, attracts. Could be worse. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's better than my blanket smells. <laughs> I I look so I'm assuming I'm sitting like on top of the mayor's cart. Uh, sure, or... you're wherever you want to be. All I know yeah. is that you have a a mug of something hot and mold and alcoholic in your hands. Oh yeah. yes, uh, yeah. I'm sipping it. Um, I I stare down at him. I look confused. And I say, "I'm I'm sorry, friend. What did you say?" And he'll just like waver and be blinking his eyes really rapidly and you can see now that his eyes are these just really intense looking silver discs with little pinpricks of black at their center um, Interesting. very striking eyes and he'll just be blinking them repeatedly and saying uh, no 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 you, no no one else could get out it was it was just me that's, that's why I'm here you get can, out of what but the the city, the city, we couldn't get out. That's that's why I'm here. You, Variants you, here. Hey, you couldn't get out. You you couldn't get out, city. Uh, where is the uh? Where is this? Where is Fariums here? Where? I see. For, what are you there? talking about? See, the southeast wood. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. But you said people couldn't get out. What did you mean by that? I said the fucking magic. Is it? The thing it couldn't get out. Mm. I'm learning so much right now. Um, you can see him sort of like beginning to waver a little bit. It seems as though standing on his own two feet for any length of time is taking a toll on Darren Dunn. Uh, I'm sorry, friend, but I think you may have me mistaken for somebody else. My name is Horatio. Hi, that's not right. That's the, the thing from the book. And then he'll fall over. I'm sorry, what? I I jump off of the cart, uh, and I slap him in the face. Yeah! <laughs> wake him up. Uh, give me an attack roll. <laughs> wake up, buttercup. Lethal uh, damage. Stre- strength <laughs> plus he- your proficiency bonus. Now he's prone. Do I get sneak attack? No. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna sneak attack slap this motherfucker slap <laughs> right into the grave. Fire. <laughs> uh, strength Fuck plus uh, proficiency is what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Um, that's going to be my proficiency. So that's two eighteen. Okay. Uh, as you strike, there's this like hardness as you hit his face, and it's just like, oh, ow, what the fuck? Ah! And his head will kind of like rock to the side, and his eyes will sort of like begin blinking open again, and I go. Ah, uh, this thing. 
Sidian, how'd you get out? What? You mentioned a book. And this close, his breath is so rank. All right, I'll make a constitution saving throw. Yes, you uh, will, actually. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, 17. <laughs> you are now poisoned. Ah! Oh my god, what? For the next minute. Holy shit. Holy and shit. Your vision becomes blurry beyond 15 feet in front of you. You just okay. got secondhand drunk, man. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, As you like... enter his aura of intoxication. Oh, God. <laughs> I, like, I, 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 like, had him by the scruff of the, like, of the, co- like, his collar, and I just drop him, and I, like, stumble back, and, like, Jesus, what are you drinking? Yeah, it's like breathing straight from a still. You're just like, whoa! Yeah. And although not, wow. although he, not Jesus, old mage's tits. What are you drinking? And he raises his empty wine skin. He says, "It's wine." That, that is and some strong wine. Still on the ground, he'll sort of roll over onto his back and start to like try to squeeze out. Then there's nothing in there. He's already wrung it dry. Right. And he's like tearing at the nozzle with his teeth, just like ah, ah trying to get whatever's left in there. You mentioned a book is it a book what yeah yeah oh. book and horatio emberlight yeah yeah it's a book yep mm-hmm. how do you know about this book oh it's a good book i've you've yeah. read it ah, it's a good book mm-hmm. have you read all of it i can't read all of it no Mm-mm. no it's not my book see it, it, couldn't leave the house with the book, so I read a little bit in the house. And Whose then book was it? It's your book. It's your book. No, you have me mistaken, my friend. I'm somebody else. I know he's mistaken. It's his face is the same. You know, I just have one of those faces. Yeah, you have your face. <laughs> a lot of people have this face. I actually get mistaken. Uh, what was the name you said? He's a Sidian. This is Sidian. Who's this? Who's this Sidian you're talking about? Who's the Sidian I'm talking about? Not me. It's not me. What? Huh? What? I'm just a guy. Is it guy? Yeah. Horatio. Name's Horatio. Yeah. Just like, like it, the book. Just like the book. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see him start to like fade a little bit, and like again, he's on his back, just kind of staring up at you, and his eyes begin to close. Um, all right. Well, I guess I will help him over to his uh, donkey and, and just lay him out. At this point, the mayor will come over, Mayor yeah. Ezekiel, and he'll say, oh, my, this is a mess. You know him? The truest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I, 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 I point at the, the mess on the ground. I I know of him. Uh, never been to fa- Fairy here myself. Is this a proper sort of a, uh, representation of what that city is like? <sighs> Sid, my boy, I honestly do not know. I have never been myself. Uh, Mr. Dunn here simply has a reputation among those who are uh, initiated, as it were. And he'll, like, pat where his pocket watch is. 
Gotcha. Uh, I open up, I take out my pocket watch and I say, who is Darren Dunn? And the projected image of Zenerva will appear about five feet in front of you and say, Darren Dunn is a citizen of Fair Ames here. And that's all it says. She really needs to update this thing. Um, <laughs> hey, you want to help me carry him over to his uh, mount? Uh, sure, and the mayor will help you out. Yeah, let me just drag him over. And when you get over to the donkey, you see that it too has like laid down on the ground and has fallen asleep. We'll just like prop him up against the donkey. Um, is the donkey drinking as well? No, it was just tired. Okay. okay. It's a yeah. Sleepy donkey. Sleepy donkey. But if it was drinking, it would be a donkey. A, dr- a drunky? Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, I wasn't expecting that. And the mayor will give you a look as you deposit Mr. Dunn next to his mount, and as you're walking back, he'll just sort of say, giving you a little bit of a side-eye, well, he seemed to recognize you, at the very least. I just have one of those faces. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, And that's, yeah, that's all I say. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to accomplish during your watch? There are some dwarves who are still up, taking their own versions of a watch. Uh, I'd like to... There are the hobgoblins who are watching you. Uh, What you find strange is there have been shifts in the guards that are watching this little checkpoint, but the guard captain has not moved from his position. Guard captain's not moved from his position. So there's Uh, there's been one hobgoblin who's been in charge of this checkpoint the whole time and hasn't moved. I mean, um, he's moved in general, but just hasn't yeah, left his post. He hasn't left his post, yeah. Um, oh, that's that's a fake dude. He hasn't moved <laughs> in, like, he's a, 24 he's hours. just a cardboard cutout. <laughs> they keep having to prop him up against things. <laughs> that was the giveaway. The um, wind keeps blowing him over. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, any, any movement over at the... Uh, uh, the Lord Mayor's cart? Not really. You can see that really? Stephen is kind of just like dozing in the front seat. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't... I guess I just keep an eye out, you know. Okay. Other yeah. than that, your watch passes uneventfully. You pass the watch off to Cherish? Yes, I believe yeah. I asked. I think that's how it goes, yeah. Okay. Cherish, is there anything in particular you want to accomplish during your watch? Um. Other than that, we the... Stew. We had stew, right? Mm-hmm. Can't really burn that. Maybe I'm trying to, like, keep a piece of jerky, like, charcoaled. In case okay. the luster comes back. <laughs> um, the mayor is nearby. The, there's another rotation of dwarves who are keeping watch. The The low fires of this encampment kind of stretch out in the distance, making 
almost a, a reverse starlight from the sky above you. There is, it looks like a city out here. It's incredible. You've never seen anything like this in terms of massed armed forces. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while in the night, which is most for the most part quiet, there are like low sounds of some people moving throughout the camp, like night watches and whatnot. But every once in a while, there'll be like a, a low moan of some large beast being housed somewhere that you're not aware of. Near the end of your watch, uh, the lesser will make himself known. He won't get to the interior of this little makeshift campsite that the mayor and the dwarves have made for you all, but he'll sort of perch near the outskirts on the edge of your own uh, cart. Mm -hmm. And he'll report back. Uh, nothing. I mean, that's a lot of dudes out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this place... It kind of reminds me of home in, like, a weird way. Oh. Interesting. It's, uh... They're clearly getting ready to fight. Tough to say exactly what, uh... There's a lot of people scared here. The hobgoblins or the other folks? No, definitely not the hobgoblins. Those guys in the white cloaks, they're stirring up some fierce emotions. What are they doing? Just talking or? Nah, it's some kind of magic. Something to do with the banners and something else. Okay. Anywhere they go, they put the steel into people's spines, though. Okay. But yeah, I get the sense that not a lot of the people here know exactly why they're here. That's certainly dangerous. Yeah. But no chatter about the summit at all? I don't think most of these people know that's even happening. Sorry, I didn't catch. I only caught the tail end of that, I think. Uh, he'll say, I don't think even most of these people know that's even happening. Ugh. I could see them clearing away, though, the road going straight up to the fortress. They're making sure nobody's near it come the morning. Okay, well, that's... I mean, it's a sign. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it definitely means... It's definitely something, ain't it? <laughs> hmm. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to kind of play it by ear then. You got any orders for me? Um. Uh, you know, Lilo. If you hear anything, if you hear any more any chatter about. possible violence done towards the summit folks or me in, me in particular uh, hmm. that would be nice there is a dragon here um, 
There's a dragon here. Supposedly. Yeah, sort of I had a vision around. of him. I had a vision of him killing me. It's fine. It's probably nothing. You had the vision of a particular dragon killing you? Yeah. And that dragon is here? Yeah. Why are we here? Apparently it's safer than being anywhere else, apparently. According so to who? I'm starting to... The Zenerva, the lady we talked to in the watch. The old wizard? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, she's wrong. Probably. She's wrong about a lot of stuff. Um, I keep trying to tell her that. But and she doesn't in your head, Maz will say, no, she's not. <sighs> so many mixed messages. <laughs> I say out loud, oh, yeah, my bracelet says it's fine. So, who knows? <laughs> and the lesser will say, yeah, I know, I heard. Wait, you did? Uh, yeah. Can't everybody? No, it's just me. Mm, no? And Maz will go, Very interesting. Yeah. And the lesser will say, Well, that wasn't fucking ominous! <laughs> she does that a lot. It's sort of, you gotta get used to it. Uh... Maybe, maybe it's because we're bonded. Although Ugh. I've never heard of that, I've never heard of that with other Forgebound items before. At least I don't think I have. I might have to make an Arcana check. Give me an Arcana check. <laughs> you say that all out loud. <laughs> no. <laughs> I might have to consult my own memory of things. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, Let me check my brain really quick. <laughs> nope, nothing. Brain blast. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-one. Okay, Jimmy Neutron. Um, <laughs> it's my next character I'm playing. <laughs> uh, with a 21, you would know that it is technically possible to allow others to communicate telepathically with forged wanted items uh, mm -hmm. with spells like telepathy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, it's got to be something you decide to do, though. Yeah. So yeah. this this is strange, but not impossible. Okay. Inconceivable. At the very least. <laughs> um. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well. Um. I uh. I kind of burned this piece of jerky for you. It's not warm anymore. But. Oh. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I figured you might be hungry or just no. something to eat. I mean, yeah, I don't, but, I don't, it makes sense that you wouldn't get hungry, but food's good. I told you, I need to eat like maybe once a week. Okay. Like a snake. I'll just, I'll just save this for later then. I mean, I'll eat it. Church <laughs> kind of chuckles like, yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> and you hear a, uh, inside your head. <laughs> All right, well, lie low, stay safe. I'll uh see you later. Sure. And he'll disappear. Jerky in hands. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much it for okay. me. Uh you'll definitely notice the mayor like giving you a significant look when you come back around the cart to like come back into the light of the campsite. Um 
He's not going to say anything, but he'll definitely... It seems like if if not overhearing the conversation, because clearly he couldn't have overheard parts of it, because it's in your brain. Yeah. He's at least aware that the conversation happened. Yeah. Which, I mean... That's not terrible, I guess. I mean... I'll probably tell everybody else if we have a moment alone that... I mean, it's pretty obvious that this place is bad news, so... Sure. <laughs> and we got confirmation. So eventually you pass the watch over to Tirza. Mm-hmm. And Tirza, is there anything you wanted to accomplish specifically during your watch? Um, depends on what your answer to this question is. Is there... Has has the campsite around us kind of calmed down? Like the the this weird. It's not a city, but but the weird. It's like a camp city. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you gotta imagine like an ancient army on campaign would set up like an, a tent encampment before yeah. a battle. Encampment. Yeah. That is what I was. Um, and again, you're not surrounded by it. At the moment, you are being held on the outskirts of it. You haven't even really entered the encampment proper. It's still, like, two miles to the fortress proper. So is there anyone... There's there's people on, like, our side of this roadblock, though, correct? Because uh, we passed some stuff. Yes, you passed some stuff. There, It looks like centaurs and a few lizard folk encampments are on the road behind you. Is that all quiet, quieted down, or is that, is there, like, still activity? Here and there, people getting up to use the bathroom, a couple of okay. people on watch, nothing too crazy. Uh, once or twice you'll see a company of hobgoblins marching past you down the road, seemingly going on patrol. Okay. Um, then no, is the answer to my question. Accomplishing anything. Okay. I'm not going to go, like, wake somebody up. That seems rude. And again, there are the hobgoblins who are actively watching the checkpoint. Yeah, I'm not talking to them. That seems like a bad idea. Okay. Everything Grawl has led me to believe about them is that I shouldn't talk to them. All right. And also, nah, the last nah, one you talked to. Friendly. <laughs> and also, what? The last one you talked to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is an interesting parallel to this encampment and at the very least Utbari. Some of the other Bari villages are more ingrained in their surroundings, but Utbari always struck you as very, like, you could pack up this city and go, given a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. And there's something very similar to this setting here. And you know that not even that far away is one of the other Baris, basically directly east from here. Poshbari is one you spent some time in. It's a mining community, and they're easily the most dug in of the Bari. Uh, because they exist in and around a mine, specifically a mithril mine. Yeah. 
but your watch is otherwise uneventful. Around your shoulders, the old man will have a deep concern running through his fibers about the presence of the Nilbog. Something about that creature really set the cloak off. But other than that, nothing terribly eventful happens. Every time you see the mayor, he'll cast a glance towards the mace of your hip and just give you a knowing smile. God. Other than that. Yeah, I at this point, I'm just gonna ignore that. <laughs> ignore all of that. You should just throw it. Like, really far away. I say or straight sleep. up, straight up into the air while we're riding horses, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. you eventually pass the watch off to Grawl. Grawl, while you were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And this is the last time I'm going to ask this, by the way, because from now on, it's going to be up to you to tell me whether or not you want to accomplish anything in your dreams. Okay. And remember, you have the three options. Do mm-hmm. nothing. Just wander the dreamlands aimlessly. Wander the dreamlands with purpose and use the spell Augury. Or find your way to the dream version of the archives and do some research. Okay. Um, I would like to do some research. Okay. So you wish to find your way to the, the dream archives and do some research. Mm-hmm. What are you researching? I want to see if there's any. Oof, it's made on. I want to see if I can find any information on Omatep. Okay, give me an investigation roll. Okay, that is not good. I am finding no information on him. It's not a botch. It's not. I just. It's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're searching around, and basically, you come up with Bupkis. You maybe think you have a lead about some kind of mysterious merchant, but then when you dig farther into that line of research, eventually you are confronted with a a picture of a horrible squat potato-like creature with, like, a slit mouth and teeth on the exterior, and you're just like, oh, well, nope, not what I was looking for, but still <laughs> interesting. What, looking for. what do I learn from that, though? <laughs> you learn... He's weird. It just, it's just an entry that says, he's awful. <laughs> Disgusting potato creature. The line of Stay research away. you make lets you know that this creature is from a place called the Plateau of Leng. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you're okay. reading about it, I need you to make a sanity check. God damn it. Okay. Uh, come on, baby. Uh, three. Three? Okay. You maintain your sanity while you read of a very disturbing place that's... It's implied that it exists on a level of mathematics beyond what is normal in reality. You know, that thing Grawl's good at. Mm-hmm. Math. <laughs> But then you are woken up and you take your watch. Okay. Anything you want to accomplish 
before the dawn? Um, the hobgoblin guards, do they, um, are they pretty like isolated? Like they don't go around checking on people. Do they just kind of stay in their own stuff and do patrols? There are several different factions of guards that you see. There are the ones at this checkpoint who seem to have been specially assigned here. And there is a small, uh, barracks nearby that they constantly rotate out from. There are the outriders who are like mounted on either wyverns or bulets. You even see a few riding those low, long wardrakes, as you know they're called. Mm-hmm. These huge, almost like rhinoceros-sized lizards. So cool. And then there are the camp patrols, which are just legionnaires who are assigned to patrol within the camp. Okay. There aren't any, like, visiting, like, groups of hobgoblins. They're all, like, seem to be associated with one another. No. You definitely see, like I said last session, at least five individual legions. There's the Legion of Bone, which calls this mm-hmm. place its home. And then there are at least right. four other legions that you can see. And you know that Hobgoblin Legion, in these in this age, never consists of more than, like, 10,000 people. And that is, like, the most it could possibly ever be. Most of the other legions, quote-unquote, aren't nearly that big. The Legion of Bone was always the largest legion in the whole of the valley. Okay. The other legions were maybe, like, at the largest, like, a few thousand strong. Is there, are there any um, non-legion of bone uh, legionnaires that are just kind of, like, hanging out? Or are they all, like... They all have been assigned some duty. Damn it. There is no just hanging out when you're part of a hobgoblin legion. Cur- yeah, curse their orderliness and... and... <laughs> machine-like abilities to get shit done. Oh, well. Um, Yeah, I do not think I want to strike up conversation with any of these fine, fine uh, lads, so I will go about my normal uh, watch. Okay. Sometime just before dawn, I need you to give me a perception check. Yep, I wonder who's coming to visit. That is an 18 plus 4... 22. 22. Very good. In the near distance, mm-hmm. just on the outside of the camp, you see kind of like moving between a, 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 a more uniformed hobgoblin encampment of a legion you don't recognize and one of the large like yurt encampments of centaurs. You see a figure with a, a jangly red cap begin strolling towards you and you're sort of like posted up looking around and he'll you'll make eye contact with him he's maybe like a hundred feet out and he'll give you a little wave he'll slowly wave back and he like stops and he gestures like with a wave of his hand come here I'm I'm watching the camp I'm gonna come over and he'll nod emphatically what? Okay. 
There are, there are other dwarves keeping watch, and you can see the mayor is off to one side, sort of leaning up against his cart. He's having a, a low conversation with a dwarf who is also on watch. All right, well, I'll go over to him. Okay, so you scamper away from the camp. Mm-hmm. And moving away, you see the eyes of the hobgoblins who are on watch eyeball you, and you can see at least one of them begin to step forward to do something, but then the captain will, like, raise a hand and tell them to stop and, like, point with two fingers towards the Nilbog, and then that will make the other legionnaires just, like, fall back into place. Okay. Suspicious. <laughs> and as you walk up to the Nilbog, it has this huge, big, shark-toothed grin on his face. Say, hello, my boy. It's good to clap eyes on you again. Yeah, really, a, an absolute treat. Um, yeah, did you, did you, did you see like that they were gonna do something and they saw you? They can see you, right? Yes, of course they can see me. Why do you think I wear this hat? And he'll like jangle it back and forth. You okay. got to know the Neil Bog's coming. Terrific. Um, do what you wanted to see me for something. Yes, of course. It's important that I see you, even though you're dressed all weird. What's up with that hat? My favorite <laughs> hat. Don't talk shit about my hat. <laughs> not talking shit. Not talking shit. Just talking crap that you're wearing on your head. Well, I like my hat more than yours. What's up with yours? Hmm. Hmm? Like I said, competition got now? to let people know the Neil Bog's coming, and he'll jangle it back and forth as he's speaking. God. Well, it's been fun chatting. Was this it? Was this that this was it? I did not call you over me? just to say hello, though that was part of it. Also, just wanted to say, is this what you're going to be wearing to the summit? I don't know. Who, who, who's to say? I can change my outfit whenever I feel like it. You're to say? That's what I'm asking. God. I, I don't trust you. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'm the Nilbog. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, who is, what I'm wearing, who wants to know besides you? Believe me, it, this will stay between you, me, and like you said, Maglubiet. Again? Remember way back when I said I don't trust you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't trust me. Trust our Lord and Savior, the conquering God. Well, you know, you if the, the conquering God... Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard the good news about the conquering God? <laughs> you will eventually, no matter what. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if the uh, the conquering god would like to speak with me, um, my watch is usually later than everyone else's. Uh, they can talk to me then. What do um, you think he's doing right now, Sonny Jim? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't deal with underlings. And you'll stare at his eyes, and you'll see there's, like, that weird dark plane in his pupil that just sort of, like, goes back into infinity. And he says... I ain't no underling, Grawl. All right, it's Al. 
right now. Uh huh. Ow. So I, I, I would All right. Oh. No, ow, ow. It's it's a different inflection. It's a different placement in the mouth. Either Anyways. way, you talk to me means you talk to our Lord. All right. So, like, you wanted to know what I was wearing to the party. That's why you were here? Mostly, yeah. Okay. Um, I might fancy it up a bit. Might try to look a little bit more uh, well-to-do. I might dumb it down a bit, you know, to, f- to draw less attention. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of dumbing it down, that's not what I'm talking about. And he'll, like, point at his face and point at your face. Yeah, don't draw attention to that. I'm trying to not draw attention to that. Wait, what's the point of that? <laughs> Reasons. Are they good reasons? Because I fucking doubt it. I I mean, they're good reasons for me, and that's kind of kind of what I tend to do. If it benefits me and not dying, so yeah. <laughs> good couple of first steps. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Hmm. All right then. I'll be seeing you. Always a pleasure. You don't know the half of it. I really don't. (laughs) And he'll just, like, jangle off into the pre-morning dawn gloam. God, he's got a good hat. (laughs) (laughs) And as you wander back to the encampment, you'll see that the mayor will have noted your absence. Uh, Mr. Mayor. Spoke with our jangly friend again. Mm-hmm. He's a real treat. I'm sure. Do you, do you know anything about him at all? I know that that is not a normal goblin. D- yeah. I mean, it's goblin backwards. Like, I don't know. Seems spooky. I agree. And if I think something's spooky, then rest assured it is very spooky indeed. Uh, I almost had Grawl just now say Happy Halloween, but no. (laughs) That uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really work. Yeah, well, fair enough. Anyways, exciting stuff. I'd like to not draw any more attention to myself, since Mr. Jangly Hat already did. That's great. That's good. I'm just going to go take my watch. And the mayor will nod at you, and you head back to the camp and take the rest of your watch. Mm -hmm. Come sunrise... There is an awakening in the camp. Things are moving. Animals are bellowing in the distance. There are people getting up and tending to duties. There is just a general bustle that almost erupts at first light. It's tough not to be awoken by it. At the same time, there is also 
a bit of a disturbance just in front of your caravans as this immense orb of what looks like water suddenly appears in the middle of the road. And okay. I don't know who's... It's the underwater lady! I don't know who's immediately awake come this time. I think it might be just Grawl who gets a good yep. look at this. Probably. But the mayor is also up and he'll be kind of like crossed arms. He'll have his straw hat on, his sunglasses, and you can see he has his parasol nearby as the light begins to creep across the the dry earth out here. And, like I said, this huge orb of water will suddenly just apparate in the middle of the road, just in front of the hobgoblins who are still standing watch. And emerging from that globe that just stays stationary are three dark figures that are shrouded in water from where you're standing. After these three figures kind of emerge from the globe opposite you, you can just see their outlines through this huge, and when I say huge, I mean it's like 30 feet in diameter globe of water. Whoa. It will then begin to just splash onto the ground. Not all at once, so it doesn't just like create a big, sloppy, dirty mess, it begins to, like, drip down like an icicle, almost. Mm. And eventually it dissipates, leaving actually no trace on the ground. Huh. It doesn't, like, saturate the ground or anything? No. Magic! And standing there in the middle of the road, you see three of the strangest-looking creatures you have ever seen. The, the... Okay. And that is saying something. Yeah. Really? Even the tentacle thingy from the, the the archive? Or do these look like even more Maybe on spooky? on par with whatever those things were. Okay. The the oh, right. lovely the allocation of appendages here is strange. <laughs> That's such a good okay. way to describe that. <laughs> You've got weird appendage allocation. Uh, hey, girl, what's up? You got some weird appendage allocation. <laughs> but I like it. Mm. One of them is what looks like a a tall, blue-skinned human, but just like far more slender than any human you've ever seen. Their head is weirdly like squished in on the sides and sort of rises up to a bit of a slope. They have no hair that you can see. Yuck. Their ears are, like, slightly thinned. And their hands are just held in front of them, steepled. They have shark teeth. You can't see their front. Uh, they have their backs to you at the moment. Okay. The second figure is a... The only way I can describe this is a lobster centaur. Oh, so like a human torso and whatnot, but the bottom is lobster, lobster tail and legs. And you can see these two huge, massive claws coming out of their front, like where their humanoid torso meets the lobster tail. Yep. And then where their regular people arms are, are another set of lobster claws. I like this. I like this one. This one's fun. Sweetie. So, Meaty. 
Claws. <laughs> so, but they do have human arms. No, there are okay. There four okay. lobster it's appendages. Not a, it's not yeah. a Scorpia situation. It's just a full-on scorpion. It's just a full-on lobster arms. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And there's like bulging carapace up their shoulders, but then those lobster arms meet with what looks like a humanoid, like fleshy torso. So, I mean, it is basically Larry from Spongebob, but a centaur. Uh, And its head sort of, like, hunches down between its two massive, knotted, carapace shoulders. And you can see this, like, shaggy mane of dreadlocked hair falling down its back. These two figures are flanking a medium-build humanoid figure with... Four arms and two legs. She has one set of humanoid arms. They look like people arms. But then coming out of her back are these huge, long, clawed appendages that sort of like drape over her shoulders coming down in the front. They look like articulated crab claws, but like the legs of a king crab sort of growing out of her back and coming down and draping across her front. Excellent. Japanese spider crab style. Yes, exactly. And you can see that she has, because it definitely looks feminine from the the back, um, that she is wearing some very formal, like, business suit-like attire that has accommodations for the appendages that are growing out of her. Uh, Her hair is cut in, like, a a slanted bob that comes down on the back of her head, and her hair is this bright, bright blue. Oh my god. None of, yeah, I was just about to say, none of our audio listeners could see this, but both Elliot and I are physically dying, as <laughs> just Mike is describing this person. city. <laughs> and they will immediately, like, stand just in front of the hobgoblins who are standing guard and just stand there expectantly. Fair enough. And the mayor will let out a laugh. It's like, ugh, making an entrance. I can appreciate that. Do you know know these ones? Who who are they? I like them. Again, I only know these ones by reputation, but I assume that at least one of them is the prime speaker from Zone Out Zero. Where? where? It's an underwater city in Lake Quelio. Oh, right. Yes, of course. Just was making sure that you knew. <laughs> Jesus. For all I could never decide if you are an idiot or simply trying to cover up for the fact that you are so smart. <laughs> you know, it's, at this point, I'm sure it's a bit of both. It's the first one. <laughs> no, you're asleep. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Tears a wake, rubbing the sleep out of her eyes. It's the first one. I had a feeling Grawl was being dumb. Oh, God, there's a disturbance. <laughs> and on the subject of clothing, mm-hmm. did anyone like bring any like any? vaguely nicer clothes. We all have nice outfits from um 
Those are a bit too nice. It's you like know. party clothes versus like. I would formal. suggest battle wear. Honestly, yeah, I think. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, we should be fully armored and ready for a fight. So okay, but Cherish walks out of the carriage um, because, like, I have room in my bag for like an extra set of clothes, right? Like everybody does. So Cherish brought like, like the third nicest thing she owns, which is like, so you know, in Dombleus Anastasia, when they finally buy her a dress that isn't the rag she's been wearing for the last twenty years. It's mm -hmm. just that like <laughs> short sleeve blue one. It's uh, literally just that, except it's burgundy. Okay, okay. So it's not like it's not like incredible, but it is like it's not the dirty riding pants and the Henley she's been wearing for the past ten days. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and you can see now that the rest of this camp is being roused. Someone went and fetched the King of the Dwarves upon these uh, these ambassadors' arrival. Um, so, uh, in all the activity, I'm sure the rest of you are also awakened pretty quickly. Unless yeah. you willfully try to go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, Tirza was probably already, like, about to wake up. Because... She's a fucking nerd. <laughs> and as you all coming out, the sun is creeping out onto the road over the storm wall, and the mayor is pushing open his parasol and sort of, like, putting it up over his head. He seems to be strangely quiet as you're all waking up. Usually he would, like, greet you heartily, but he seems to be more reserved today for some reason. Yeah. Is there any, any indication as to why? Tough to say. It seems as though with the sun like stretching out over him, he's trying to keep his center, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, and he mentioned that he was going to be okay being outside. He said here. he would be fortified. You don't know what that means. That's true. Assuming we're not having the meeting at night, so there's got to be something. Correct. Yep. Darren Dunn uh, is eventually, like, rolled uh, away from his donkey. He's, like, patted by a dwarf who's just, like, he wakes up and he's, like, ah, ah, mm. I'm awake, I'm awake, it's fine. Ah, I just realized I should have picked his pockets, damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's always next time. And he seems at least, like, marginally more sober come the morning, mm -hmm. uh, but he'll immediately go into the saddlebags of his... Mule and pull out gotta, another wineskin. Oh yeah, fix that <laughs> yeah. I think Cherish maybe like, like leans into Sid and is like, I, I could like you know help him clean up like his, his clothes and stuff. Do you think I should like with magic? Do you? But is that rude? Should I go? You should just do it. I don't think he's gonna notice. Uh, that's unfortunately probably true. Yeah. I do have to be touching him to do mending, though, which is not ideal. Just, like, walk by him and, like, bump into him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I used to do that when I picked pe people's pockets. And mending okay. only works on a foot of material at a time. It won't just, like, instantly fix his Oh, clothes. yeah, but it's a cantrip. Sure. So I can cast it, like, as many times as I want in 30 seconds. <laughs> is it that his outfit is tattered, or is it just gross and dirty? I mean, prestidigitation Little... and mending will, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Gotcha. Okay. Just bump into him a few times. I don't know. (laughs) Again, I don't think he'll notice. (laughs) So the caravans seem to be organizing themselves, getting ready to move as this contingent from Lake Quelio is standing right in front of the the guards watching this checkpoint. There seems to be some kind of conversation happening there as well. So, who else thinks this is all just one big ambush? I mean, I was talking to... I sent the lesser on a reconnaissance mission last night, and... yeah. He said that they are, you know, do like like they're gearing up for a fight. So, hmm. but, but he would said they, they be... were also clearing away through the encampment. So I don't know. I can't imagine they would have set up this entire army just to. Well, actually, you know what? Yeah. I mean, the whole yeah. thing is to just like that's what that's what the hobgoblins do is big army smash thing win go team i know but we're a fairly small part group of admittedly very powerful figures but still like four legions of hobgoblins here so oh yeah no i don't (laughs) intend to like you know take them on i'm just saying like the amassing of goblin hobgoblin legions isn't like I wouldn't say is like the strangest thing for like hobgoblins. It's not that weird that there's this many hobgoblins here. Altogether, yeah, I mean that's kind of a big deal. That's kind of what we're that's that's kind of what we're saying, is that it's kinda weird. But (laughs) Yeah, girl, you gotta keep up, man. No 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 no. Okay. Listen. Listen. (laughs) I'm listening. Okay, Mike. All of them together, is that weird? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's only but happened once that, in your lifetime. Right. Okay. But the fact that hobgoblins are like pre- always preparing for war, that's not that weird. No, they're in a perpetual yeah. state of being exactly. prepared for war. Fair enough. So, okay. yeah, the weird thing is that everyone's together. The fact that war is on the brain is a normal thing. Hmm. Yeah. And the I even weirder part is the other cultural factions that are here. Yeah. Like... Hobgoblins, fine. Regular goblins with hobgoblins, okay. Bugbears en masse, that's odd. Centaurs, super weird. Lizard folk, also very weird. Didn't you say there were giants, too? You had seen giants being press-ganged, yeah. That's weird. As well as ogres. I don't know anything about goblins, but that's weird. <laughs> so do we have like a game plan in case it turns out this is all one big hilarious trap? Um, I, I say we go along with whatever it is they want us to do, because otherwise we're going to be super dead. Okay, well, what if the thing they want to do is make us super dead? <laughs> yeah. like um, Fair enough, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Well, I mean, now's the time. Guys, you know, work. I can probably fit everybody on me with the mammoth thing. Um, Cover a lot of distance in an hour. Hmm. And your shield guardian is bound to catch up anytime. Yeah, so. where did that guy go? Right. <laughs> if your math is correct, he should be here sometime around midday. 
Yeah. Not that I want this this blockade to last any longer, but ugh, it might be nice if he got here sooner. <laughs> and again, remember, with the amulet, you can order the shield guardian to do whatever you want at from basically any distance. That's yeah, true. so maybe instead of I letting it just wander up to I the board. How fast does this guy go? 30 feet. 30, 30 feet, yeah. So 60 feet and around. Yeah. yeah. So I could have him activate the fly spell that I stored in there now. Might get here a little bit sooner. But then what would we do with him? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like. Could we I'd put. Also... We, I, I There's hold up no the, dress code as far as I know. Like. <laughs> oh, so you're saying. I don't like, know if I have oh, to yeah. leave him at. I don't know if I have to us. leave him at the door. Yeah. Where are you, you having this conversation? In the cart, I imagine. In the yeah. Mayor's, in the, the carriage. Mayor's cart. Yeah, okay. the mayor's cart, carriage. Um, I'm there. Are, there are windows, correct? No. No. Oh, this it's is just where he okay. sleeps okay. in the day. Yeah, makes sense. Um, there is a coffin in the back of the cart, though. There is that. So that's yeah. what we do. We all get into the coffin. <laughs> we all get into. We all snuggle. Oh no! It is currently closed. It's full of vampire farts. I don't want to go in there. <laughs> it's very stuffy. Weirdly enough, it smells like garlic. Crazy. <laughs> There's no garlic, but it smells like it. It's not that garlic kills them. It's they can't digest it properly. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yes. All vampires have yeah. IBS, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. That's the cost. It acts like Alka Seltzer for like uh for like seagulls and uh they'll explode internally. Uh-huh. Um uh, do you think there's any way that we could store your your friend in this flask? Maybe. That'd be a fun surprise. Um, I mean, did we figure out how the mayor got trapped in there in the first place? Did, did, we, uh, did yes. we just open it? Um, we because the um, there's a there's a a word I believe, mm -hmm. uh, and we know this word. Let me take a look um, at the item that <laughs> Our I Our DM is saying no. You absolutely yeah, this, don't. The, the runes no. on that flask. Well, none of us can read what's on that flask. When I said that this flask was identified in a previous session, mostly what I meant is the old mage recognized the type of item it was. Having mm -hmm. not gotten it properly identified, capital I, you do yeah. not have the power, the power word to make it function. But okay. I wonder if there's oh any way we can No, we probably can't stop Iomatebs. That would be that'd be silly. Um Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're getting ready to, to head out. I like open the door and look out and see the progress of like pe like the people heading through or getting ready to head head through. Yeah, it seems as though the dwarves are packing up their all of their supplies and loading up their du double-decker cart. Uh, Steven, the footman, has been aroused by something and is just, like, sitting at attention, ready to move. Mm -hmm. The the mayor is loading up with Gus, the last of the camp stuff that you put out, and is getting ready to hop into the cart with the rest of you. Mm -hmm. And you can see that those three people who came, the representatives from Lake Quelio, are 
just standing there in the middle of the road. Lord Oberon is just sitting on his moose, has not moved this whole time. And Darren Dunn... Blink? Uh, you've never seen him blink, no. Gross. And Darren Dunn is, like, probably on his third or fourth attempt to get onto his donkey. Mm-hmm. Keeps rolling over the other side of it. Aww. Yeah. It... It... Don't feel bad for him. Um... <laughs> do. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it doesn't feel like we're going to have enough time to do that. Yeah. Uh, time works weird. And even as you say that, in the distance, you can hear, even from inside the cart, a... A sounding of horns in the distance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, at the very least, you can just have have your friend fly here and have them. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Think or if you just want them, oh, sorry. I do think that uh, Cherish says, like, asks the mayor, like, um, so the shield guardian, should I tell them it's coming, or should I? Yes, you absolutely should right, tell them it's right. coming. Well, right, but like, you know, like, oh, hey, there's a giant metal robot coming. Don't kill it. C- or can don't you try stop to. it from coming? I suppose I could have it. Have it just, just wait outside. Yeah, just just outside of the perimeter, you know. That might be preferable. Yeah. Now, okay. I do like the idea of having a giant metal automaton crashing in and saving all of our butts, but um, perhaps not alerting our friends to that situation might be uh, advantageous. Also, right. that's definitely something that could be interpreted as an act of war. So we should, yeah, that's. Probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. And he'll glance over and look at the dwarves and over at the representatives from the lake, and he'll say, "Well, it's not exactly unheard of to bring bodyguards and uh, coterie, as it were, but perhaps having something in our back pockets might be good. Yeah. Have, have at least have it as much of an element of surprise as we can possibly have in this scenario." Yeah. Though, I will say, if the Hobgoblins attempted to pull any kind of shenanigans, they are in for a terrible surprise, where at least myself is concerned. Hmm. Does that get us out of here safe, or is that just a, like a, yeah, you'll be okay kind of thing? Just curious. <laughs> just kind of trying to cover all the bases. I do not believe, and I mean no offense by this growl, that your people are prepared for me. I, no, I I totally agree with that. Um, Mr. Mayor, before you happen, uh, this this ominous you that you're talking about, maybe give us a some kind of a hand signal so we know it's about to happen. Like a Sid, you know, my boy, I, face. I have a feeling that if I need to occur then you already know that things have gone sideways. I I suppose that's true, yeah. And he will... You see him belting that sword on that you saw before. So... So, I can communicate with 
the shield guarding, but I can't like tell where it is. Correct. Okay. You so can send are it there... mental commands. Yeah. So are there? Okay. What is the like geographic layout? Is there like a big rock that it could hide amongst? That's like a discernible amount of feet from where we are currently. <laughs> <laughs> You glance down the road and around this area, and it seems as though the surrounding environment has been specifically cleared, so there aren't any convenient hiding spots yeah, <laughs> within that's sight weird. That of makes sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, it's as though this is a military encampment, and I don't want people springing out at them. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but we are, like, right up against the, the mountain, right? The closest thing to hide near, you'd think, would actually maybe be the cliffs above the fortress. Okay. So, would I, could I, That's like, not a day hike, though. That would take a while to get up there. It's true. Well, maybe for, like, a normal person. That couldn't fly. And it also couldn't fly, yeah. hypothetically. For But it would only be minutes. able to do that once. Yeah, and it'd be ten minutes. I thought fly lasted an hour. I no. do not believe so. Good thing I haven't tried to use it for more than 10 minutes then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, bummer. But, I mean, that's... You can cover a lot of distance. That's yeah. 1,200 feet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot of distance. And read that, Elliot, you could also probably just calculate, like, how based on when you think it's about it's going to get here and how fast it's going just like i don't know if it understands concepts like time but like hey stop at 11:30 instead of at noon yeah but what if it stops for like a pee break or something or like it's an automaton it's, so it's you don't know it might need to change its oil i don't you know Anyways, no. I'm no no, no. i'm not going almost. to entertain that idea <laughs> um Smart. yeah i just i would like to try yeah, like, I want to give it some kind of command that's like, okay, you know, change course, like, uh, like, like, going, like, kind of making a, a route that, like, kind of curves around to try to, like, skirt where we are to get to the mountains and, like, climb up to mm -hmm. hide. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I know that's going to take longer, but, I mean, if shit goes down, I can be like, okay, just kidding. Actually, we fly and get over here and help me. Okay. <laughs> we'll also have no idea if it gets attacked, right? Like, no. if a no. a roaming band of, of hobgoblins... Or whatever, or God it. knows what else. Right. Um, For all you know, it has already been attacked. True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we really don't know. Like... There, nothing would ha like. Well, I guess if it was destroyed, would I would I know? Like, would something happen to the pendant? Good question. Okay. Yeah. Well, for now, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, just skirt, like, uh, move in a <laughs> one hundred eighty degree curve angle. <laughs> Again, the big the mountains. The big problem here is that you haven't gotten this item properly identified yet. You've been testing yeah. how to work this thing. Exactly. Ooh. So this is just still... It didn't tech. come with an instruction manual. No. 
because I blew the guy up who had it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> or yeah. if it does have an instruction manual, you already I have it and you it. can't read it. Right. Yeah. <sighs> All right. You can hear those horns will sporadically get a little bit closer and they've got this high tinny sound to them. This... <laughs> Degral, yeah. Do you know what those horns mean? Uh, no. Those are not hobgoblin horns, Grawl, You would know that yeah. much. Yep. Where are they coming from? Outside. Well, yes. I po- I uh, stick my head outside and try and find the origin of the horn. Uh, and the mayor is hopping back out, and he says, "It might be better if we keep our heads on a swivel. Perhaps mount up, and I will ride in front with Gus." Sure. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Through? Are we not? Hmm. Are they letting? Are they like starting to let people through the gates? Or is no, the horn signaling. And again, there's no gates. It's just a checkpoint. It's a line of hobgoblins in the sand, essentially. Right. Mm. Right. But like, I'm curious if they're like, yeah, come on through. It seems like there is a procession heading towards you, and you can see it coming up the road from the fortress towards you. Um, oh. how far away are they? couple hundred feet away now. The horns are getting very loud. Um, Everyone remember, I'm Al. No sudden movements. I mean, the there's are they already know you're here, right? I mean, they, <laughs> I don't know. Me? Yeah. Which, one, which me are we talking about? All of you. I don't know. I, I, I mean, like. He is disguised as like a normal looking hobgoblin right now. Yeah. Yeah, but also the Nilbog definitely knows that he's here. Yeah, well, that's the Nilbog. Who's a goblin. Right, yeah. He's no, spooky, he's a though. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, they're, so they're definitely not working. Also, Grawl, did you tell us that the Nilbog visited you last night? Actually, that's probably a better question. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know the answer. What is always the answer right. when you ask, did Grawl tell us something? Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, fair enough. So, okay. So it sounds like he is working with them. I really hope he's not. I hope he's just here <laughs> for like a vacation. <laughs> Otherwise, the disguise just stupid. I mean, you might as well just give me the hat. I don't want to give you the hat, because just in case, it might work. You don't know. It's a very slim chance. Mm-hmm. Um, can I make out um, uh, what this... Uh, you said it's not a like a legion, but like a... There's um, a procession coming up the road. Procession. Uh, what uh, sort of the makeup of this procession? Like, what types of races? It is really only one. And once you mount up on horseback and look over the heads of the hobgoblins who are standing guard, you can definitely have a better view of what's coming. And the answer is cobalts. Lots and lots of cobalts. Oh, good. Uh, they have bright red, like ruby red kobolds are coming down the road. There is a procession of them 
are running up front holding these large, long sticks with banners on them. The ones trailing behind are... Not to put too fine a point on it, but carrying a large palanquin. There are probably like 40 kobolds toiling under this large platform with what looks like a throne sitting atop it. This is some 300 shit. Um... <laughs> no, there's more than 300. And Sid, as soon as you get your eyes on this, mm -hmm. your heart stops for a second. Because the banners immediately start sounding alarm bells as you see the three-toed sigil emblazoned in crimson on these banners set against a black background. Uh -huh. Why are we here? Why are we, uh -huh. here? Why are we here? Why are we here? This is the dumbest thing we we've ever done. Hey, we've done hey, so many go. dumb things. Hey, Sid, and Sid, I think it is call? there <laughs> that we are going to take our break. And when we return, we shall resolve your mild panic attack. When we return, we're going to call Zenerva and be like, why what would you do this fuck? to us? What is wrong with hey, you? Hey, Maz? Hey, Maz, what the fuck? Beam us out, beam us out, beam us out, beam us out. <laughs> Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to bring you a very unique deal, one that bursts through a planar barrier the likes of which I have only seen once or twice. This barrier is called the Fourth Wall. So here's the deal. Now, you are listening to a podcast called Material Components. Do I know this in character? Maybe. That is for you to figure out. But what you and I both know is that Material Components can only function thanks to listeners like you. But what can help out a great deal is reviews on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and... Spotify podcasts, and anywhere with a podcast at the end of its name, basically. Giving us five stars and reviews in those places helps boost the visibility of the show. And as I am wont to say, you must always be branding. So, to help with that endeavor, we are turning to you, the listeners of Material Components, to help uh, incentivize your reviews of the show. Here's what you must do. Go write a review for the show on whatever podcasting service you use, Heck, even do it on the ones that you don't use. And if you include the name of a non-player character, whatever that is, it will be included in the show down the line. It would be for the best if these names were in the subject line of the review. You could say things like, Rogar Spinklestoof gives it two thumbs, or Andronius McFeeg gives it eight, nine, ten stars, whatever you wish, I don't care, as long as it's a pretty high number. So that's the deal. Write a review, include the name of an NPC in the subject line of that review, and then that name will be used here on Material Components, somewhere down the line. And I am assured that those names will not simply just be walk-on appearances. They will be used for real, robust characters that may in fact die because our players are idiots. I mean, um, uh, uh let's get you back to the action, huh? And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had whiled away the night observing things outside the encampment of the Bulwark of Bone. Having encountered some strange folk throughout the night, had conversations with familiars and nilbogs and drunken half-elves, 
they eventually reach the morning in which the representatives of a place called Zonot Zero appeared in their midst. They were then heralded by the coming of horns, the marching of cobalt feet, carrying a large palanquin with a massive golden throne atop it, with banners raised high of a very familiar-looking clawed sigil on a black background embossed in red, flagging their way towards you. And as they do, I need everyone to give me perception checks. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's a distraction palanquin. Uh, He's one of those cool dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's actually... uh, Oh, pretty good. Dirty. 17. That would be uh, 24. Mm -hmm. Nice. Take Sid's score and minus 20. Wowzers. (laughs) So... What I described before is exactly what Tirza is seeing, and associate all the panic with that that you will. What the rest of you notice, what Tirza does not, is that as it gets closer, those flags that are being held, those banners being held by kobolds, resolve into, while similar, the clawed sigils are distinct. Only insofar as rather than three claws, it is five. Oh. In almost every other regard, they are very similar in terms of like how the claws are positioned around like a vaguely diamond-shaped center. Yeah. And yeah. And then it so, branches yes. out into five barbs. Five okay. is, is a very specific number for chromatic dragons. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Wow. So, so that panic subsides, and then Cherish has a whole new panic <laughs> that erupts. <laughs> it's that garlic. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as it approaches, your eyes flick from the the banners to the kobolds, and you can see that these kobolds are all dressed in gleaming shining armor made of gold and dark iron. They're clomping forward, rattling these banners, and uh, some of them are blowing horns, and a few of them are shouting in a language that I don't think any of you understand. Does anyone speak Draconic? Nope. I do. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, So you could hear these screeching kobold voices saying, Make way! Make way! Pyrescale comes! Pyrescale comes! Yeah, Jared is like, yep, yep, it's him. Oh, it's time, Cherish. You're gonna die. It's fine, it's fine. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And on this palanquin, this wide, maybe 15-foot-wide platform, in the center of which is a a massive throne of burnished gold that seems to be alight, as though it is molten gold being held in place by the will of some unknown creature. Oh, he's known. It (laughs) kind of bubbles and froths around the thing sitting at its center. If you didn't know better, you would call it a man, but this is no man. (laughs) Is it better? 
It's not dragon sized, is it? No, it's person sized. Okay. But what you see is not a dragonborn, because that implies a certain like lizard aspect to it, like a muzzle. It is mm-hmm. humanoid. It has human-ish features, but it is clearly more draconic in look, and that seems to be intentional. It has tiefling-esque horns that come up from its brow, but there are a set of five horns that run up and over the top of its head. You can see black tendrils come out from underneath those horns and sort of fall around its shoulders, almost like hair. It has eyes of burning molten gold. Um, With these black lines that run out from the edges of the eyes and down its face that, like, form weird striations. They almost look like molten cracks that are burning with... Well, its skin itself is what's burning, and those cracks seem to be what's the cooled part of almost, like, exposed magma on the surface of the world. So you're saying this dude is hot. Quite literally. Yes. Hey, Grawl, does that figure look familiar at all? Have you seen... That? Yeah, before? I don't don't think so. Didn't you say you... Oh, what are you going to say, Mike? No, go on. Didn't you say you saw something... Actually, I don't know if you said you saw anything. (laughs) Right? uh, At the... uh, Whatever... The... Thing he saw there had three heads, three oh, distinct did. heads. Yeah, but I don't know if we know that. I don't remember. Okay, we yeah, do know right. that. We do yeah. know that. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. It, it was very much a like a three-headed like. It was like a dragon-headed kind of okay. demon-looking red. It was red-skinned. It was. Yeah. yeah. I I couldn't remember what it looked like specifically. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the same thing. And wasn't yeah, this literally this. this? Yeah. Did not have this much sex appeal. There, there is actually some distinct similarities between this creature and the thing you saw in the inn talking to Lucrezia. Oh, fuck. It has okay. very similar, like, revo- reverse-jointed legs, clawed toes for feet. It is shirtless. It has this, like, really robust, scaly skin that is almost chiseled to look like a a perfect Adonis-like statue. Almost like the the molten quality of the skin was molded to look like that. How those pecs? Immaculate. What? God, someone's been blasting their pecs. Does anybody know what that is? Like, what is that? It's fire scale. He's a dragon. He can look like whatever he wants. Dragons can shapeshift. Yes. Oh shit, that's kind of cool. I mean, he's an ancient oh. dragon. Okay. He can do whatever he wants. Okay. Just can, double checking. You can see snaking out from around its hips is this long, sinuous tail that sort of like traces little figure eights in the molten gold where it's sitting. Okay, so how about this? If it can shape shift, then maybe what Grawl saw was the same thing. I don't eh? know, Sid. I don't know why you'd want to change into anything besides that right there. I mean, I mean, honestly, look at I it. Mean, honestly, like if we're being real right now, cherish. It, cherish. I'm just, not just think, think about just, Jet. Think about look, Jet. No, I look that that just think no, about like, everything idea. we've been through. 
I know, I know. I'm focused. And I'm terrified. Yes. That... <laughs> well, mark me down as scared and horny. <laughs> <laughs> I can be both. <laughs> As this crazy uh, group approaches, I don't know what else to call (laughs) whatever this is. Procession. Procession is, is, I don't think, does it quite justice. This is like if the cell was a, a real thing that was happening. Is this like an organized troop of kobolds, too? Like they're marching in unison or is it kind of like chaotic and like the it's a little bit more chaotic than you've seen the hobgoblins march around but they're definitely as organized as these particular kobolds can be um there's still a little bit of like shoulder bumping and like ah move it Um, i was i was just imagining the crabs from uh whichever pirates of the caribbean it is where (laughs) jack sparrow's in limbo and they're just kind of like falling over each other and then being reabsorbed into the group. So no, good. if anything, these kobolds are picture. very much trying to make it so Pyre Scale has a very even ride. That's cute. So smooth. And there's enough of them underneath this palanquin that if one of them falls, there's enough to keep the, the board steady. Mm-hmm. And with the last little, like, blast of trumpet horns, this procession will approach the line. And so now that there is this dividing line of hobgoblins between Pyrescale, his kobolds, and everybody else. Terrific. Really good. Sid Sid is just trying to seem as inconspicuous as possible. Just, no. Yeah. I mean, so is Cherish, unfortunately. I didn't know there was any hawks in this part of the... No. Yeah, you, you notice that the mayor is definitely trying to look bored and placid. If anything, he's busted out of his fan, is beginning to fan himself slightly underneath his parasol. Uh, Tirza, uh, on the flip side, because it took her longer than the rest of you to figure out that this was not, not what we thought it was, mm-hmm. is, like, has the shield out and is not, like, in a threatening pose, but is just, like, what you guys probably recognize as, like... Tears are ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Your that. fighter. <laughs> yeah. Tears. 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 What are you doing? What are you doing? It's fine. Relax. I think Cherish is also trying to like play it cool, but it's definitely like just staring straight ahead, like white knuckles on the reins, and I feel like like the gold, the gold, like you know, quote unquote scales that, you know, basically cover her entire body are, like, flaring a little bit because she's nervous, and so she's just a fucking purple purple and gold disco ball right now, and it's really unfortunate. Okay. Give me... What's your passive perception? Uh, it's not great. It's 11. Okay, that's enough. Um, as you're just, like, shining with this slightly golden light sitting astride your horse... You can, like, you're trying to look anywhere but at Pyre Scale. Yeah. Like, this whole situation sucks for me. (laughs) And you can see, yeah, the mayor's trying to look bored. The king of the dwarves, who is, like, up in the driver's position with her 
Teamsters staring at it. This is like has a, a gritted jaw as she's staring at this. Um, the can't really read the expressions of the people from Zonot Zero because they're in, up in front of you and you haven't really even seen their faces yet. Yeah. Um, you don't want to. They're probably cool. The they're probably cool as cucumbers. For the first time ever, you see a different expression on Lord Oberon's face. A Wicked-looking smile has crept over the Elf Lord's face. That's bad. Yeah. Fuck him. And just past all of that, and all of these people are staring at Pyrescale as he approaches. Yeah, I mean... The one person who's not is Darren Dunn, who is looking directly at you. Uh, at which one? At Cherish. Yeah, he's at looking me. directly at Cherish. Hmm. His wineskin is sort of like held loosely at his side, and he's definitely he, like his head is facing forward towards Pyrescale, but his eyes, the striking silver discs, are just like looking directly at you as you're glowing with a soft gold light. And as soon as you notice him, he'll like his eyes will snap forward and he'll keep looking at Pyrescale. Okay. Weird. As Pyrescale approaches the rear line, the hobgoblins haven't moved. Their backs are to this procession. One last little trumpet blare will sound, and you can tell that the hobgoblins are, like, getting this right in the ear, but they don't <laughs> react. Jesus. God, that's so cool. And the hobgob- yeah. and the kobolds will shout out in Draconic, All hail Lord Pyrescale! Uh... And they will all chant back in unison, All hail Lord Pyrescale! And Pyrescale will stand up, and you can see now that he's dressed in, like, a short skirt that falls just above his recurved legs. It is these tassels of what look like dark steel that just hang in bands around his thighs. And he will stride forward, and he has this, like, low, billowing smoke coming out of these slitted nostrils on his face. It slowly, like, curls up around his head and through his horns. And with a bellowing voice that seems way too loud for the body it's coming out of, he will say, Welcome, my friends. Welcome to the Bulwark of Bone. Who is he saying that to? Just all of you. Everybody? Oh, he's talking to us now? Yeah. Oh. He has stood up and has moved away from his molten throne. You can see the gold is now beginning to cool as he moves away from it. I didn't know we could just go up and talk to everybody. That's, yeah, that's a shame. And he'll, like, look out over the crowd of people and he'll say, It seems as though you've all made it here on time. And he'll, like, glance over at Darren Dunn and say, Surprising. Dunn is just sort of, like, wavering a little bit on his donkey. It's like, huh, what? Um... But he'll say, 
Come, come. Please let our guests enter. And he'll, like, gesture magnanimously with his hand, and the hobgoblin captain will stare at him for a long second, just to make it clear that he's not following this thing's orders. You're not my supervisor. <laughs> but then he will order his troops to step aside. Oh, and let's go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And he this... will bow very like low with a sweeping taloned arm underneath his belly and he'll say the hospitality of the Legion is extended to all guests. Does anyone want to bail, like, right now? <laughs> no. no. Oh, I want him it. as a friend. <laughs> we got and it. We got it. Yeah. The mayor is definitely trading glances with the king of the dwarves, who is definitely, like, looking over at the still-sealed carriage of the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven. You can see Stephen the footman, his knees are just rattling, and he's just kind of shaking his hands on the reins of this team of horses. How's Big Gus doing? Big Gus has, like, slowly hunched down until you can barely see the tips of his ears over his shoulders. You just see this little bowler hat kind of, like, resting where he's just very much making himself as small as possible. Aww. And the mayor is sort of just, like, patting him on the shoulder. Okay, good. And uh, Yeah. The... King of the Dwarves, Ulrus Axehart, will say, Hey, let's get on with it! And she'll order her teamsters to snap the goats forward. And you can see the the palanquin being slowly turned like a giant clock face on the backs of these kobolds as it turns around to lead you all back towards the bulwark of bone. Terrific. And you yeah. can see as... Pyrescale sits back down on his throne. The gold begins to glow with a hot, molten color again. Yeah, I think when Alris says that, it, like, all, like, um... God, I've just forgot all horseback riding terms. Spur, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll, like, spur carry. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, when you, you know, you real like, when you realize you haven't, like, taken a breath in a minute, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, shit, I have to breathe. Okay. Whew. Ugh. Yeah. Cherisha. It's... All right, nameless horse. <laughs> oh, I rode through the desert on a horse with no name, and I didn't make that joke until now. God damn it! <laughs> but you made it now, and that's I fine. I did. I did. We almost that. missed it, yeah. <laughs> we'll fix uh, it in post. Yeah, we'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those episodes are already out. Um, we'll fix it in post, it's fine. It's fine. Moving forward, where do you want to be in the procession? Probably near the dwarves. Yeah. yeah. They seem like the most trustworthy uh, and reliable in a pinch. The dwarves are definitely snapping forward to follow directly behind Pyre Scale. You can see... Oh. Okay! 
it's fine. They just want to get this over with, and they seem to be like doing it right behind Pyre Scale. Okay. Where is the cart or the carriage? It's not. A, we keep calling it a cart, but it's like it's a super it's fancy carriage. carriage. It's yeah. an RV. Uh, the which one? There are several in this contingent. The Merzeeks. So. Uh, he will fall in line behind the dwarves. All right. I mean okay. that's. That's who we came with. We got to dance with who we came with. Yep. The giant moose will trot forward and sort of keep pace with the dwarves behind Pyrescale. The donkey will let out a and begin to move forward, sort of trailing behind. You can see that the three members of Zonot Zero are now about a foot and a half off the ground, each of them riding on a clear, what looks like a watery disc that's just hovering above the ground. God, huh. it, God they're so cool. cool. Man, and we are <sighs> just, we're just riding horses. Like, how lame. Like we. I mean, we do... I'm riding a magical glowing okay. rain. Yeah. yeah, but the rest of us aren't. Like, Don't if we are all riding magical... I mean, the horses are great, but... You're darn right it, though. <laughs> And you can see that those discs are being conducted, for lack of a better term, by the person in the zero, or the the person in the center with the, like, weird crab appendages and the two regular people arms. And she is just, like, rising the discs up beneath her and just, like, gesturing forward to make them move forward. She was referred to as the prime speaker. That's right. Oh, okay. Um, I think that... As we're heading in, Sid is just trying to take in as much information and just, like, make sure he knows what's happening around him at all times. Um, as well as he, like, that's what he is focused on right now. Okay. What are, is anyone else trying to do anything specific? Um, Grohl's trying to not shit his pants. Yeah, I think... I think <laughs> roll, roll something for that. <laughs> Constitution saving throw. Uh-huh. Uh, Cherish is trying to, like... The, the what is the, like, uh, eight count in, four count out. <laughs> or no, eight count in, hold seven, four out. <laughs> and in your mind, Maz will say, Calm yourself, child. Ancient laws bind this meeting. I know. I know. As you're moving, uh, Tirza, occasionally your procession as you're moving up through the encampment will pass one of those little contingents of strange white-robed, uh, Hobgoblins with the the slightly altered banner with the, mm-hmm. the crimson skull on it. And every time you do, uh, Sadagar will grow weary and, for lack of a better term, upset near their presence. Weird. Uh, okay. I will kind of um whisper into my shoulder like are you all right what's going on as inconspicuously as possible 
and you get a sense of unease, mistrust, and at the same time you get a sense of familiarity, as though Sadagar recognizes these people for what they are, and what they are he does not like. And it's not about being a hobgoblin, it's whatever it is they represent. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. <laughs> but also the hobgoblin thing. Yeah. It doesn't help that they're hobgoblins. <laughs> Look, he's Look, a cloak of a certain have... age. Look, yeah. We have one he... forge-bound item that's all into respectability politics and shit, and that's so- the and sword. That... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's... Goddamn. <laughs> Meanwhile, as you fall in line, Sid, Stormpiercer from your hip, will say, you know, I'm pretty sure I've never slain a dragon before. Oh my god. Hey, Stormpiercer, you should Who say that you? real, real loud. You know! Okay! <laughs> <laughs> That's right, ease that tension. The smart sword. Uh, so you're saying Angela never did that? I don't even want to say it. Uh... <laughs> I do not believe so, but as mm-hmm. I've said before, I do not remember everything she accomplished. Well, hopefully we don't have to, uh, you know, stab a dragon. I don't know, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> and hey, by that I mean the dragon. Yes, <laughs> I see. I see what you did there. Now, obviously, Stormpiercer, if we get attacked, like, we we have no choice. We have to defend ourselves, and we'll see how it goes. Indeed. But let's not not shoot for that. Let's not aim for that. Um, Maybe a bit of tact. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Tact. So I think I won't say much. Very well. As you move through the encampment proper, you are struck by just how warlike this place is. Everything here is being prepped for a large-scale conflict. It's like nothing any of you have ever seen. Grawl, even you, who was raised in this society, like, Hoggoblins were ready for war, but this is an army, the likes of which the Valley may have never seen. Like, Like an invasion force. Yeah. This is a tide. This is... Yeah, this is a legion. This is what the old songs talk about. It's so cool and terrifying at the same time. I'm glad we didn't, like, dissuade the people in Blue Gulch to be like, Oh no, it's fine, we're going to the summit, so don't worry about these hobgoblins. It's fine. It's fine. It's not, but... um, (laughs) They don't need to know that. (laughs) Yet. As you are still moving through, you see the different construction methods used by the different encampments. The, The hobgoblins have this rigid, ordered structure. The regular goblins build these, like, tall, rickety towers out of scrap wood. You have no idea where they've gotten them from. The bugbears have made these, like, large adobe dome-like structures that are centered around a large central fire. 
the like I said before, the lizard folk make these mud wallows, almost pre-constructed swamps. It seems like. Mm-hmm. As you Magic. push farther into the encampment, there are less and less centaurs. They seem to stick to the periphery of the encampment. You'll see oh, that there are cobalt uh, tribes here as well, and they seem to be differentiated based on their colors. There are all manner of cobalts, and you see ones that are match the ruby red of Pyre Scales court. You see ones that have the like deep black scales and curved horns that come down like bull's horns to either side of their face. All of them matching a chromatic color of some kind. When you pass kobolds of any kind, they will stop what they're doing and bow to Pyre Scale. Some of them whispering like oaths or prayers as he passes. And he seems to be ignoring them completely. Yeah, that tracks. Occasionally, you'll see ogres, like I said, most of them in chains. A few of them you'll see just like out and about, um, having earned their autonomy somehow. As you're moving into the second mile of moving through this encampment, you will see a huge giant, large, pale-skinned, just kneeling in what looks like a square, its arms bound by these huge chains that are driven into the ground with stakes to either side of it. Its head is bowed. Um, and it seems to just be staked out in the middle of this square for you have no idea what purpose this serves. Um, curious. This, like, that's not a normal thing for hobgoblins to, like, no. take, like, a prisoner. You generally uh, can't take giant prisoners. Like, they fight to the last. Yep. I don't like this at all. And it seems to be some kind of hill giant. It's maybe, like, 15, 16 feet if it stood all the way upright. Hmm. As you're all moving, I need you all to give me perception checks. Oh, I went off the table. Not good. Haha. <laughs> well, I got a nat 20. Um, so, 28 total. Nice. I have 13. Uh, well, 18. Sid, you'd be the only one to notice this as you're moving past the giant. You'll see one of those groups with white-robed figures approaching the giant as you're leaving its vicinity. Mm -hmm. And one of the white-robed figures will be walking up, their bannermen behind them planting, and they'll begin saying something in Goblin so you don't understand what they're saying. Damn it. Continuing into the encampment, you get into heavier and heavier fortifications. You can see that there are sections of this road that are built to have buildings to either side collapsed down on top of them. So the, these tall, rickety goblin warrens, essentially, that are built to be impromptu barricades as well as living quarters for, like, scurrying goblin folk. That's actually really awesome. <laughs> As you get into the interior of the encampment, you also begin to see stables for different creatures. 
Wardrakes. Uh, you'll see a Bulette Den, which is like mostly underground. Uh, but you can see a couple of them being like wrangled into this like large underground stable. I love them. You'll see a, a trainer with like big stakes training a, a herd of uh, what call were called Bulet Billies, like little Bulet pups, essentially. That's also my new criminal name is Bulet Billy. It's very good. <laughs> Uh, you'll see a large, it's almost reminiscent of a cactus in terms of its construction, and it looks to be a, a roost for wyverns. And occasionally you'll see a hobgoblin on wyvern back just splitting off from the top of this roost. Oh, that's so cool. Eventually you see a creature you did not notice before. And that is what looks like an immense millipede moving through the encampment. And it has these large plates of armor that seem to have been bolted to its carapace. And it's being herded by hobgoblins with leads. And you can see that they're fitting the front of its head with this giant ram-like apparatus. Oh. <laughs> Occasionally, you'll see hobgoblin legions that are bedecked in steel armor. Uh, every one of the Legion of Bone is decked out in what looks like adamantine weapons and armor, at least mm -hmm. in part. There are more savage-looking legions that are dressed in what looks like chitin, some of them very familiar-looking, like they skinned and made armor out of, out of those large scorpion folk you'd seen. Some of them are dressed in, like, scale hides. Some of them are dressed in more basic iron accoutrement. But usually they're all dressed for war. As you approach the fortress proper, I would like to know what is going through Grawl's head at the moment. If Reed can still speak. And Sorry, I had a, had a coughing fit. That's fun. Um, yeah. Ooh. Oh, if he frozen. <laughs> Uh-oh. Grawl just freezes up. He doesn't mm -hmm. know what to say. Yeah, he's... Oh. My hair? Still frozen? No. Nope, nope. your hair. Yeah, you're good. Yay! Okay. Well, Grawl is uh, a combination of terrified, angry, and a little happy to be at home. Just a little bit to show his friends all of the badass cool shit that is like Hobgoblin. Um, yeah, Grawl definitely planned on coming back with like an army. <laughs> uh, four people and a, and a, like and a vampire. A vampire <laughs> yeah, vampire mayor is not an army. I mean, um, we're pretty cool. We're, we're pretty, pretty cool. cool. We are not this an place army. This is instant death. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, and then, like, the fact that if, uh, if anyone figures out who Grawl is, more than likely he is going to be, like, instantly put to death. Uh, we have, we have, it's a nervous word that you'd be fine. 
Yeah. Mm, okay. Ancient oaths. And sure. All that. Ancient oaths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Cool. Except I'm still forbidden to be here. I don't know out. which one. Yeah, maybe it cancels out. Maybe I'm just going to welcome me back in. Just like, hey, we got you a nice room and everything. Steak dinner. Cool. Oh, welcome home, girl. Mm-hmm. We've yeah, missed you. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> After about an hour of trekking through this camp. Because, again, it's miles of encampment before you get to the fortress proper. Eventually, you see the bulwark itself, and it slowly dawns on all of you why this place got its name. Oh. Mm-hmm. The ribbed exterior walls of this place are clearly coated in molten metal, or at least had been molten metal at one point, over the stacked bones of massive creatures. Molten steel has been used as mortar to fasten endless numbers of bones into this humongous semicircular wall that rings a small pocket in the mountainside. Little Helm's Deepy, little Minas Tirith. Behind the walls of bone, you see massive black towers of metal rising up to stand out against the storm wall cliffs behind it. Atop each of the four towers you see is a ring of skulls that stare out in every direction that seem to be giant in size. Probably literally. Hmm. Yeah. There are large chains running from the tops of those towers to certain sections of the wall. And you can see what look like kind of rope bridge-esque constructions moving through those chains. And the chains are massive. Each link is probably the size of a person. Damn. And there are construction, like, rope bridges winding in and out of the links. And it seems as though there are hobgoblins running up and down those chain links to the tops of these towers. The gates of this place are a huge portcullis that rises up. The walls themselves are maybe 50 feet tall. The portcullis entrance is 30 feet, so it's most of the height of the wall. Just on the other side of the portcullis, you can see two fire giants clad in dark metal chains. They are working these huge winch systems. Their flaming hair and beards dimmed. They're not bright or exuberant. They are these sullen-eyed, dark-skinned creatures that are cranking these chains. You can see the scars etched on their body. Some of them ritualistic, most of them not. And they are winching this portcullis open as you approach. Um, I don't know if you're attempting to make conversation with anyone as you're <laughs> entering this place. Pyrescale certain, certainly isn't offering anything. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. 
I think we're all just kind of like I don't know I mean, if it's, it's quite like... in awe, but or if it's just like pure like holy shit, this is terrifying. Um, but yeah, yeah. Little column A, little column B. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lots of column of bones. Yeah, that's, that was the column B. Can I can I make an insight check on Grawl just to like see how he's doing? Sure. Grawl, what's your charisma score? Uh, nineteen. That's the number to beat. <laughs> um. Eight. <laughs> Grawl is keeping it pretty buttoned up. Yep. Okay. He's, he's very good at hiding his emotions. I mean, that tells me, you know, that tells me something, too. <laughs> hey, look, look at it this way. I'm not bleeding from my eyes, so. <laughs> That's true. Divorce. Yeah. Oh, Grawl, you always know how to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Before you enter the portcullis, Pyrescale will pull his troop to a stop. He will dismount from his molten gold throne, and large leathery wings will erupt from behind his shoulders where there weren't any before. And with a couple of swift flaps, he'll just land with poise and grace right in front of his palanquin and wave a hand without a actually even saying a word to dismiss them, and they'll begin to scuttle away. Just beyond the, the portcullis, you can see a large parade ground where there is lines and lines of hobgoblins to either side of the portcullis just lined up in a parade rest. There are, like, swordsmen and axe-wielders in front. There are pikemen behind. You can see archers with large, dark, spiky crossbows lining the tops of the wall. But yeah, Pyrescale seems to signal that now is the time to dismount. Oh, okay. Sure. We just leave our horses... Uh, he'll turn to the group, and you can see his jagged, molten face cracking with a grin. And he will say, Your mounts and carriages will be taken care of, I assure you. I'll pat my horse's face. Like, yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and hobgoblin hostlers and uh, cart people will come out and grab unattended horses and reins of things. You see the mayor dismount and uh, nod to Gus, basically signaling for him to stay with the cart. The dwarven king will dismount and a couple of large, burly dwarves with these long-handled, double-bladed axes, you've never seen this type of weapon before, will come up behind her as though they're her personal bodyguard. The rest of the dwarven troop will stay with their double-decker cart to wherever they're being led to. You see Oberon 
finally get off of his moose, give it a single pat on the neck, and then move forward. You'll finally see the blue-haired, crab-limbed woman from Zonot Zero turn, and she seems to nod to both of her compatriots. You can see now that her face has these very weird lines to them. They look like blue rivulets of energy running around her eyes in like concentric circles that move out. But otherwise, she appears vaguely humanoid. Yeah, except for the spider, Japanese spider crab things coming out of her back. Right, and the blue hair is definitely odd, but people can dye their hair. Yeah, magic and shit. But her lobster companion and the strange tall blue man will move away with the rest of the, the baggage train, as it were. Okay. Finally, Horace Mason exits his carriage. You see... <laughs> Sid, you're muted. Yeah. Your slow clap was not... Uh... It's just, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> you see a a large, rotund human with, like, way too... Like, he's trying way too hard to look nice. It's, like, oh, very no. frilly neck, very, like, poofy sleeves, uh, very much... Touch his t-shirt into his pants. Yeah. <laughs> What was the bad guy's name from Pocahontas? Um, Rat, uh, Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Very much in that same vein, um, though he's got these like really deep set dark eyes that are constantly shifting around in near panic, um, and several large, fully plate armored knights will take up position behind him. And they have, like, visors come down over their face. They're all carrying these giant claymore swords. Subtle. If you didn't know yeah, any better, you'd say they were edge masons, but they're, like, their armor's a little too nice. Yeah. Like, it's never actually seen a real fight. Nope. They're, they're hedge masons. <laughs> God. That's my time, everyone. Thanks for coming to the show. I'll see you next week. And so you're all dismounting and moving towards this portcullis. This might yep. come back to bite us later, but uh, I'm going to dismiss Carrie. Okay. So yes, there's this drifting of starlight as the celestial reindeer vanishes. Mm -hmm. The mayor will move forward, his parasol up, his uh, hand, other hand resting on the hilt of his sword. Darren Dunn rides forward on his donkey. Okay. The donkey oh, it's like, right. This is part of my This is my, my bodyguard. This is my bodyguard. <laughs> I never go anywhere with my donkey. I'm the donkey's kick. bodyguard. <laughs> and he says as much as he's given some very dirty looks by everyone he passes. Uh King Axeheart definitely, like, stifles a small chortle, uh, though her bodyguards are definitely like, ugh, this guy's a disgusting disgrace. Um, it's just a mess. Bless this mess. And as he rides up, kind of just, like, wavering a little bit on donkey back, 
Empire scale with just absolute malevolence will stare at this person and you can see these like deep pits of black that this creature has for eyes with single little pinpricks of red at their center and he'll look at Darren Dunn as he totters forward and says I'm sorry you old drunk but you're going to have to leave your animal outside. And Darren Dunn will say, Sorry, you old fucking charbelly, but he stays with me. And you can see Pyrescale's upper lip just curling into a snarl, revealing these bright almost diamond-looking fangs. And then he'll just turn with a whip of his tail and stride forward. That was awesome. There was goes awesome. my hero. Yeah, Watch yeah. him as he goes. <laughs> and you Which can see... The, hero, the Doc here or, or Darren Dunn? Both. They're one. They're one and the same. Darren Dunn just lifting up a proud single finger at... Uh, <laughs> Pyre scales back. Oh my gosh. Oh Head in between the shoulder blades. I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all I brand new again. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be such a shit show. I knew it. And as he raises that arm, it throws him off balance and he'll fall off his donkey. Well, yeah. That, nice. Yeah. That makes it. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't know how to put oh, or on. smell nice. <laughs> <laughs> braver oh, than any baby. US Marine <laughs> yeah how many how many in the US military face down a dragon I'm, I'm gonna say zero, zero. <laughs> so this whole diplomatic procession enters the bulwark of bone as you path, pass beneath its walls you can see that they are at least five feet thick, at least here. And it is all made of bones. Bones that have been coated in molten metal and then left to harden. It is H.R. Geiger-esque in its construction. Occasionally you'll see the side of a skull coated in steel just peeking at you from the interior of the wall. Hands, femurs, rib cages. Some of them humanoid, some of them not. Some of them giant, some of them small. As you pass through the wall, there's a moment of darkness, but then you come back out into light, into this parade ground, surrounded by the stock-still troops of hobgoblins. All of them dressed in adamantine armor. All of them wielding adamantine weapons. The standards of the Legion of Bone and that strange crimson variant fly to either side of the gate and are raised in banners among the Legion. Somewhere, a sergeant shouts, Present arms! in common. And there is a snapping <laughs> as the whole Legion moves as one. Spears will 
be jutted up into the sky. Axes will be lifted forward. Swords will be lifted as well. And at the end of this procession, you see two figures standing with their arms behind their back. One is a withered, wrinkled hobgoblin bent double leaning on a standard of the Legion of Bone. He's wearing the same white garments you've seen the other strange hobgoblin somethings moving through camp wearing. His is a bit different because it has a stole wrapped around his shoulder that is emblazoned with the Crimson Skull variant. Standing just to his right, and in front of him slightly, is an albino hobgoblin woman. Oh my goodness. Her crimson eyes staring at you. On her left arm... Is a long manica, a gauntlet of adamantine that wraps around her fist and moves up her forearm, across the elbow, with banded metal, up into a large pauldron that rests at her left shoulder. Huh. Do we just all, like, not like where our heads don't turn, but our eyes are just like, uh, Grawl? Did we just find Grawl so? <laughs> oh, the true Grolso is here the whole time. Mm-hmm. She stares in anger, defiance. You're, it's really difficult to read her emotions as she stares at this motley group coming in through her gates. She has the manica on one arm in the her right hand. She has this long, wicked-looking glaive that is planted in the ground. I love her so much. Okay. The blade sort of, like, curves forward to make it look like almost a reaping weapon. A, uh, a brush hook is what you might call this thing. In another scenario, it might be used as an actual farm implement. And somewhere within the crowd, the sergeant will bark out again. Stand ready for Warlord Null! And there's another (laughs) as the whole legion turns to face their warlord. In terms of this crowd, where are you all standing? Um, not near the front. So Alris Axehart is just behind Pyrescale. Right. Brian Lady Lenato, for you've heard her name before, yeah. is flanking Pyrescale as well. She seems calm and collected and undisturbed by this display. 
The mayor is sort of trying to stay just a little bit ahead of wherever you all are. Oh, because I was going to say... Yeah, I don't know. I, it's like, on on the one hand, Cherish is like so nervous and freaked out. But on the other hand, I think she'd be like, you know, like, this is a diplomatic summit. Like, I'm here to, to figure out a solution with all of these people. So I'm going to, like, fake it till I make it. So I think she would be towards the front, maybe out of Pyre Scales, like, line of sight though yeah <laughs> like just I, out of his peripheral vision <laughs> i was also gonna say like off to the side but not like hiding behind anyone okay sid crawl uh yeah i'm i'm with i'm with them so um Grawl is as far back in the group as bringing us we've just lost him yeah so you're striding next to Darren Dunn, who has gotten back onto his donkey? Yep. Okay. And just in front of the two of you is the form of Oberon Greenvane, who is striding forward, hands resting behind his back at the small of his back. Uh, and if anyone glances at him, you can see he still has that just like broad smile on his face. It is becoming somewhat disturbing. As you approach, cartwheeling out through the crowd, jangling with bells, and with a slight laugh, the Nilbog appears just in front of Pyroscale and goes, Ah, how's it going, old Charbelly? And the dragon will snort and its ball of flame will come out and just scorch the earth around the nil bog and it for a half a second you're like oh and he's dead <laughs> no not the nil bog <laughs> please let the nil bog be dead please but it seems as though the fire just doesn't even touch him yeah and he'll like doff his cap a little bit and it's like hey gonna have to try harder than that <laughs> And the dragon will just let out a deep, throaty growl that does not seem like it would come from a humanoid-sized creature. Yeah. And as you grow close, the Nilbog will sort of jangle along nearby. Every once in a while, letting out a... (laughs) Uh... He's not specifically marching or dancing near Grawl, but, like, every once in a while you might catch him just, like, with a acquisitive eye back towards your disguised hobgoblin friend. Kind of trying to gauge your reaction. Yeah, what's Grawl's reaction? Mm. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I don't know. I'm back behind you guys. <laughs> That's fair. As you grow close, Pyrescale will turn, and with a sweeping gesture, he will say, Allow me to introduce the Warlord of the Legion of Bone, Null Nine Lives. 
It is her hospitality that brings us together. And the warlord will just stare at all of you. Her crimson eyes kind of like sweeping over you. Uh, whoever wants to try to get a read on her, give me an insight check. Sure. Yeah, it's worth a shot, I guess. Nope. Nope. Nine. The girl is way too distracted for this. <laughs> uh, 17. Aww. Uh, 23. Ooh. Tirza. Her eyes land on you. Oh. And you can see the slight twitch in her lip. As her eyes like sweep over your cloak and just like stare at you for half a second and then she'll move on. Oh, you both yeah. get Cherish and Tirza that like she is clearly not happy. Okay. Like, and she's not even really trying to fake happiness. Yeah. Just specifically at Tirza. That Tears is the only one who picked that beat up. Oh, okay. I'm just like, yeah, she's not pleased. Right. But Tears specifically saw that her attention was drawn to you specifically for half a beat. Great. Good. Awesome. Excellent. And she will step forward and say, Thank you, Master Pyrescale. As always, your, your magnanimous aura does us a great kindness. I have been informed that we will be holding our summit later this evening. And in the meantime, the hospitality of the Legion of Bone is yours to enjoy. We have made rooms ready for you all, and if you wish any creature comforts, they will be provided. Uh. The old mage will be available to meet with us. At 6.30 this evening. Until then, you are free to move about the bulwark, but know that you will be minded while you do so. There are areas that you are not allowed in. It would be preferred if you remained in the chambers provided. And then she'll just snap and turn and start walking away. I think when she was getting all, like, uh, like pissy about the old mage not being available. I think Cherish like bit her lip to keep from like chuckling, <laughs> cause like yeah, <laughs> welcome to the club. 
such hospitality. Yeah. Hmm. Also, are unauthorized areas going to be labeled, do you think? Because I don't yeah, how... want to accidentally... I think the idea is we, that we any place that's... Go, yeah, the only, only place... We want to go there on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, the idea is that we're going to receive rooms or some kind of uh, living area or whatever, and we cannot leave that. Yeah, that's not what she said exactly, but okay. I mean, this place is terrifying, but I'm very curious. You want to take a look around? Maybe. I mean, nobody's ever... I mean, very few people have been here and lived. Yeah. I wonder how often the valley has these kinds of things. And the mayor will say, almost never. Yeah. In all my time here in this valley... I can only think of one other time in which a meeting of these sorts of people has occurred, and that was near the very beginning. Right. Do you think these lodgings are going to be like suites, or are we going to be separated? And Mayor will just sort of shrug. Um, and from nearby, the Nilbog will sort of, like, dance into view and say, eh, probably gonna keep you all pretty close together. No point in having you all spread out when we can have them all just nice and tight and together. Within, like, a 20-foot uh, radius or so on. Okay. Is it just gonna be us in a room, or are we gonna have to share a room with somebody else? I don't want to have to share a room with Darren's donkey. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really thrilled about that. Mm -hmm. I may I may just force President to cheat all the filth off of him. At this point, like, most of the your diplomatic position is sort of, like, gathered near the end of this parade ground. And so any conversation you're having is being heard by most everybody. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> Darren Dunn's drunk enough. I could probably take him. I could probably <laughs> smell him from here. The old, white-garbed hobgoblin will be striding forward now, and will say, We'll show you to your chambers until the summit can occur. Please follow me. All right. Okay. Yeah. And... As you follow, begin to follow the older hobgoblin, you'll see that Pyrescale will remain standing okay. until he is the last one to be in this line. And he'll just, like, watch everybody as they pass. That's Darren Dunn will get off of his donkey, finally, pat it between the ears, and say, You can rest now, boy. You can rest now. And suddenly the donkey turns into this, like, obsidian little figurine that's just like, thum, 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 on the ground. Huh. And he'll reach a couple of times and miss the first couple of times, and then he'll <laughs> finally pick it up, put it into a pocket. I like that he could have done that before this whole thing. <laughs> but yeah. then he purely out of he, spite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Love it. Mwah. Best. And you can see Pyre Scales just watching him the whole time he's doing this. Mm -hmm. And then he'll turn to Pyre Scales and lift up the little figure and go, 
I found my ass. <laughs> and stick it in his pocket. Love this dude. Pyre scale will just... Uh, and you all hear something that you weren't expecting to hear, and that is a brief little... <laughs> from Oberon. Oh, shit. Oh. That guy has nice. vocal cords? I don't say that. I thought he just communicated through stoic glances. I mean, he's Fey. If we've learned anything from Shakespeare, it's that they love a good butt joke. That's, this is yes. true. Yeah. That's true. The old, white-garbed hobgoblin will begin to lead you away. Alris is definitely taking the lead again. The brine lady is moving quietly nearby. She seems almost disinterested with whatever's happening here. Uh-huh. As though she's on a totally different mental plane than what's going on right now. Her thoughts are completely consumed by something else. Is it like a single file line? or It's however you want to. It's more of a, a general mass following behind this hobgoblin. Okay. Is Pyrescale uh, just staying in the parade ground, or is he bringing up the rear? He's going to try to bring up the rear, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> if if it is the case of, like, everyone just kind of funneling, I am I will try to fall back and try to get Al, uh, like, go hang out with Al. God, I hate that. I hate that that's the name you chose, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want to make this fun for you. <laughs> so, the old hobgoblin, who, just to clarify, Reed, you do recognize. Okay, that's what I thought. Though this strange garb he is wearing is unfamiliar to you. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. We'll shuffle you into the main keep of the Bulwark of Bone. It is this immense five-story building that is actually not technically connected to any of the tall towers that you saw from the outside. And it leads deep into the mountainside. The top gate of this keep is affixed with... If you didn't know any better, you would say it's a dragon skull. That one's for Pyre Scale. Does anyone know any better? I would need nature rolls. Well, I lived here at one point, so... That's true. So, if anything, you could give me advantage on that roll. Okay. I got 16. Let's see if I can do it better than a 19. Nope, I can't do better than a 19. Oh god, I forgot I have negative one in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just rolled an 18, though. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, Sid is not trying to identify that. Uh, he's trying to remain as incons- uh, incospic- uh, sorry, conspicuous mm-hmm. as possible yeah. uh, in the middle You've of... You've been dipping into Darrington's wine? I have, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, and just kind of blend into the crowd. Okay. I mean, it's not much of a crowd to be blended into, as you've got the King of the Dwarves, a weird crustacean lady, a a dragon, a drunken half-elf, and a uh, vampire mare. Uh, Oh, yeah, and also a uh, King of the Fairies. I I think that 
there's so many like big personalities. There's so many very distinct looks. And then also there might there's also just a standard looking person over there. Um, sure. That you mean. In fact, that draws attention to you because I was it just could to actually. Say, yeah, I'm, I was I'm like, the least I'm the least weird looking person here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, but it is it is something that I uh, used to do while living in Waterdeep or not Water. Um, Storm Where? Uh, uh, Stormhaven. I'm, I've never I'm, heard of the place. Yeah, I'm DMing a campaign in Waterdeep, so yeah. F- um, Fantasy Metropolis number four. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mega Cat City. Mega Cat City. Actually, yeah, yeah, it is Mega Cat City. Uh, Cherish, did you try to identify the large skull? Yeah, I got 16. 16, okay. Uh, you th- would think it's a dragon skull. Uh, Grawl and Tirza, though, would know better. Grawl, you would know the what is said about where that skull came from, and it came from the Outer Storm. It was a creature that came down out of the mountains that the Hobgoblins killed. They called it the Linerum. Tirza, you would recognize it because it has very strange formations of growth around its eye sockets that you would recognize as rhinestone. That weird, magical, like pure magic gem that grows near the tops of the storm wall. That's the same type of material that uh, Phineas Finebrook was spiriting away, right, when we first encountered him? Correct. Yeah, I, th- I think we all agreed his name was Professor Butthole, but yeah, yeah. Finebrook works too. More like his nickname Bad is... River. Am I right? So yes, you would recognize this as that is, that, the, that is the skull of some kind of aberrant creature from the Outer Storm. Cool. Eventually, you are shepherded inside the keep, and it is there you are led up into the third story of this place. You are brought into a chamber that has been deconstructed, let us say. It was definitely a, a hall of some kind. What its purpose was, you don't know anymore. Because anything of use or value has been stripped from this place. It is just a large open room, at the center of which is a bit of a deepened pit that is about 20 feet across, and there's a thin layer of sand on the bottom of it. Anything else has been removed from this room. The old hobgoblin will turn to you as he leads you into this place and say if you need anything else I will be nearby there will be legionnaires posted at the door you can ask them if you have any requests of the legion and he'll give you sort of like a a bit of a more concerned look than you've gotten from any other hobgoblin so far and he'll say I would dearly ask that you not 
leave this place. The words of our warlord are true. You are welcome to roam where you will. Places where you're not allowed to go, you will be stopped. But it would be better if it did not come to that. Oh, you're telling a 19-year-old to not do something, though. Yeah. <laughs> I simply ask for your patience. The warlord has stretched her... has been stretched to the limits of her regard where this old mage is concerned. Okay, welcome to the club. Um... Well, thank you. Indeed. And he'll just turn and as though he's not really making eye contact with any of you and turn to leave. Yeah. So we're all just in one big space so together. It's a big space. Sid, you would probably recognize what this place for what it was, and that is this was most likely a training room of some kind. Yeah. Just like the space feels like that. And like the sand pit in the middle is just like, okay, you you get a sense of what this room was maybe used for once. But its purpose now has just been to corral you lot into it. Gotcha. This is a yeah. recent sort of remodel, I guess. Yeah, and you can even yeah. see places <laughs> on the floor where it's like, okay, clearly there was a rack here that they removed so that there was nothing in here. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say, when you're talking about the pit, I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, they even have a little pit in there in case anyone wants to brawl. <laughs> How considerate of them. <laughs> okay, guys, what are we going to do till the old mage comes? Let's fight. No, I, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm out of here. Like, Sid, as you casually check your pocket watch, mm -hmm. you see that it is not even noon yet. So you would know that you have about eight and a half hours before the summit. Cool. Alris Axehart will move off to the side, and she will begin conversing in low, precise dwarvish with her bodyguards. The mayor will move off to one side and try to uh, insinuate himself with Brian Lady Lenato. He will, like, flatteringly introduce himself and begin to make small talk with her. Uh, Oberon Greenvane will move over to the edge of the pit and sort of just, like, stare down at the sand. The smile gone, he's just have this stoic look on his face now. And you can see his... The fingers on the small of his back are just, like, tapping out some strange staccato rhythm. Uh, the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven moves over to the farthest corner from everybody and just, like, plops down, uh, like, kind of crouching a little bit, makes himself as small as possible, and his two armored knights are just standing in front of him. <laughs> like an nice. iron curtain. Yep. Pyre scale stands near the door, casually looking from one person to the next. Darren Dunn 
sits down just right on the floor, not 15 feet away. His back to one of the walls, and he'll just like conk his head backwards, just kind of groaning a little bit, and very much regretting not taking another wineskin off of his donkey before he turned it into a statue. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. What are the four of you doing? I. So, I guess Pyroscale being near the door makes Cherish a little bit trepidatious about this, but like, my instinct is like. So she has her traveling pack and her, like, regular bag, and she, like, throws her traveling pack at Grawl and is like, Al, watch my stuff. I'll be back in a little bit. I want to go walk around this place. It's so cool. This specific room, or you want no. to be... <laughs> No. No. That was uh, a terrible I idea. Have, in, I, have keen, a... I have keen mind. I'll get back. Uh, I won't even get lost. In a hushed tone, I say, Why? We need every advantage we can get, Sid. What advantage do you think we're going to get? Knowing the layout of... Knowing the layout of your terrain is important. I know the layout. You knew the layout ten years ago. It's a bulwark of bone. They don't just, like, add on, like, yeah, this is the pool room. <laughs> Oh, really? Nothing has changed? You haven't noticed any I differences? Mean, I mean, there's less stuff in here. I mean, generally, Grawl. I'm, you know... We should just sit and wait and be patient for once in a while. Are we... Is it our mission to deal with the bulwark of bone? The Legion of Bone? Is, no. that, our, is that our job? I mean, hypothetically, no. at the end of Ember, they're going to make some sort of incursion on Blue Gulch, so... Maybe not. And, and again, is that our job to deal with? We're well, it's Cherish's hometown, so... so... You don't have to do anything about it. I'm not asking you to anyway. <laughs> and Sid got so mad at Cherish that he left... <laughs> Y'all better talk to him before I do, because I'm going to make him upset. <laughs> Sorry. That was really advice. good timing. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the worst internet in the world. Anyways, um, what were we saying? <laughs> well, Cherish was being mean to you, and then you A suddenly vanished. Uh, so, yeah, nothing else new. Um, yeah, I guess if you want to go wander off, because um, you are definitely the stealthiest person that we know, uh, go ahead. Um, and if anybody asks, we didn't, uh, we didn't know anything about it. How's that sound? Fine. You're going to be like that. I'm just trying to help. I would just say... Oh. I mean, if... If anyone were to be sneaking around, it would I'm not probably even be I'm the person. Sneak around. That's not even the point of what I'm saying. But we do have a person who can turn invisible in our group. But that's not. I already have an invisible guy everywhere. Oh, that's true. I'm just you saying. Could just send the lesser. I'm just saying. I already did. He's already doing stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. We technically are allowed 
to be in this place. Yeah. So, why not take advantage of that? You know, how do we know this is the only place that we're allowed to be? That's what I'm saying. She literally said you can go anywhere you want, except for the places you're not allowed to go in. Which could be literally every other place besides this one room. But he and I did would like to he, find out. Yeah, he did just say if we were to go anywhere that that we weren't allowed, we would we'd be, be stopped. stopped. Yeah, that okay. might be guards right outside. And I think I think just louder. <laughs> I think louder. Sure, she's like, I want a tour. This place is culturally very interesting. <laughs> that's that's why. Okay. Uh, well, I'll be over here. I'm gonna sit down. Uh, okay. Um, I guess I I don't know. This is also Michael the player. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think I, I for some reason understood that we were not allowed to leave this specific room. Um, that is not what anyone no. said. No. Okay. no. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah. Be my guest. Actually, hmm. Grawl, are you going to be okay here? Maybe. Al, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably less yeah. so if Holy we shit, keep Did calling. you say Grawl out loud? Um, I mean, we're whispering to each other, but yeah. Yep. But there's also really, like, super-powered people here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they, sure they don't have the ability to see through uh, see through the hat of my bullshit hat. Yeah, <laughs> my hat hey, of bullshit. Hey, we bought that fair and square from Omatep, and he said it was good quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, on lessers, not the lesser, but you know, people of lesser magical uh, fortitude, I guess. Okay, yeah, sorry. I, I misunderstood. I thought we weren't allowed. Okay, Cherish, how about this? No, how about we this? were just highly you, dissuaded from doing that. Yeah, which you go has wander never stopped about me before. For a minute. Okay, how about this? Go wander about for mm, five, ten minutes, come back, let us know how it goes, and then if we're cool to rummage through everything, uh, we can do that. But 20 if not, minutes. I'm gonna... 15. <laughs> 18. <laughs> 16. 17. 14. 17 and a half. 12. You just oh, went you're up not, and set it down. 15. There we go. 15 it is. <laughs> it's the second dumbest thing I've seen all day. Uh, okay. And Tirza, what are you what are you doing? I, I mean. Sadagar is on feel... pins and needles right now. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> but I don't feel comfortable leaving Cherish to go by herself. Um, that's fine. I'll go. Okay. I'll stay here. Somebody should be with Al. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, splitting the party. Tears and Grawl yep. are staying behind, and Cherish and Sid are getting up to leave. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Uh-huh. I mean, nothing to us. <laughs> 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 uh, 
as you are moving towards the door, you have to move past Pyrescale to get there. The dragon in humanoid form is radiating heat. Getting within ten feet of him hurts your skin. If you got any closer, you feel like it might literally burn you. You can see the stone beneath his taloned feet is beginning to run slightly. Smoke curls up through the slits of his nose, and he'll, his obsidian and crimson eyes will track you as you move past him. And he'll let out a little... <sighs> as you walk past. Just stare, chin up, staring straight ahead, shoulders back. As you move to the door, you can feel his gaze behind you, but you can also see to your right, staggering up from the wall, Darren Dunn. We'll kind of pinwheel forward a little bit. Right himself. <clears throat> Burp. And then move to follow you two. Oh, Darren, are you up for a walk? Oh, uh, yeah. Totally missed my morning constitutional, so yeah, let's go for a walk. And he'll, like, stagger towards you, and he loses his balance, and you see him heading straight into Pyrescale's stomach. Um, uh, I'm gonna intercept. Okay. Oh, I was gonna trip him, but sure. I have, he I have fire resistance, so it's fine. Alright. So... You lunge yeah, forward and try to stop him? Yeah. Alright. Uh, so you lunge forward, you catch Darren Dunn, and your back is basically two pyre scale. And as you get that close, you can feel the heat of him just pouring off. Molten. Sun-like. It is peeling at your skin, and you take ten fire damage. as you can feel your skin begin to crisp like an immediate sunburn as you just, like, push Darren Dunn yeah. backwards and forward. <sighs> and Darren will say, sorry, sorry about that. I just... Uh, um, floor got all wiggly on me. And, okay. and, Dar and Darren is actually drunk, right? He's not putting on a show. He certainly so. smells drunk. Yeah. Just try to be a little more careful, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, careful. It's my middle name. Darren Careful Dunn. It's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> and Pyre Scale will say, Yes, be careful, old Softwing. You wouldn't want the mortals to burn. <laughs> And Darren Dunn will say, 
Oh, blow it out your ass, you old fire skink. Okay, let's just move towards the door. And the three of you leave. Yep. Cherish is, like, really wishing that she could, like, blow little fireballs out of her nose. (sighs) And you get into the hallway, you are immediately met by two hobgoblin legionnaires who stare at you, their backs to either side of the door. They don't stop you, but they mark your exit. Tirza, Grawl, as the three of them leave, what do you do? (sighs) Pray. (laughs) Um... Give me a religion check. Oh. I was mostly kidding, but but honestly, I wasn't, because let's be real. Um... 13. Okay. The power of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's more of a just like, oh, God. Shamarant, please. Just like, all right. Something, please. <laughs> please, just something. Um, you again? Give it a rest, buddy. <laughs> Al, are you, um, are you all right? Nope. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so. Yep. Did you, did you know, um, about her? Nope. Interesting. Yep. Trying to figure that out. Don't really know what to do. Kind of a giant flaw in my plans. So trying to figure that out. Your uh, your plans, you mean... um... She's not supposed to have that thing. Yeah. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crawl's just like sitting down with his arm like his legs crossed, his arms crossed, and like his eyes closed, and he's just like mm-hmm. It's like it's like when someone's so angry that you can like f- the vibrations mm-hmm. coming off of them. Yeah. Grawl, give me an intelligent saving throw. That's not you have You have a plus two. Maybe. Because you're standing next to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a 12 then. Okay, that's a little above what you needed. Yay. I got you, bud. As your emotions churn inside of you, trying to understand what is going on, what Warlord Null Nine Lives is, who she is, what she means, something suddenly occurs to you. While you Mm -hmm. were standing just before the Manica, you felt nothing. (sighs) 
Mike. Mike. There was no call, there was no draw, there was no summoning instinct towards that piece of armor. Okay. Okay. That's another... F another... Okay. Little hiccup in the plan. On the one hand, it could be fake. On the other hand, Grawl, you could have been dead this whole time. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know... <laughs> Cherish, Sid. Yes? Yes. You are moving down the hall of this place. You are immediately presented with a decision as soon as you walk outside the door. Left or right? Would you go left or right? Right it is. I turn right. Okay. <laughs> I have keen mind, so we can get back. No, sure. no problem. Line to the right. I need you both to give me survival checks. Oh, boy. As you begin to pretty much just meander through this place. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen a building made entirely of bones and metal before. It is very interesting. It there is. Are, there is a I, dual purpose to this. I something of note. Lie, it is very interesting. The keep itself is not the same garish construction as the walls. There are still like steel-coated skulls here and there, but it is mostly a modernly engineered building. Ah, okay. That's also very interesting. It's just the yeah. wall that was completely made of bones. Okay. My survival was ten. Oh, mine was two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that someone oh, will Lord. escort us back if we get too annoying. I mean, yeah. So as you Maybe. move through the halls, eventually you'll like, come to a door, and you'll see that every single door you come across is guarded by at least one Hobgoblin Legionnaire. It seems as though they're specifically stationed there for today's events. Mm -hmm. That tracks. Yeah. Occasionally, when you try to like move through a door, they will stop you. They'll just like okay. lower their spear in front of the door ah. without actually saying a word. Other I times, you'll be let through into rooms that have, again, been suspiciously emptied. Yeah. I, I think that... Uh... Every time, like, somebody puts a spear in front of the door. Like, I think Cherish says thank you every time. Like, before they leave. <laughs> I just imagine, like, not stopping, just immediately turning around. Just like, okay. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Eventually, you find a bathroom. Oh, hey. Oh, cool. Hey, Darren, do you need to, like, throw up or pee or anything? Not at the moment. Okay. Mm. Well. Well. No. Mm. No, yeah. no, I got, I got it. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Saved it. <laughs> Just as good the second time. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, by the way, do you want me to, like, fix this? <laughs> and I like, gesture to all of him. Give you a blurry <laughs> look, and his hair is still like kind of plastered to his face a little bit, so you can only really see one of his weird silver eyes. And he'll like look down at himself and look up at you and go, "Honey, I'm perfect." Okay. But I appreciate the concern. Okay. Are you sure about that? <laughs> sure as shit. Okay. 
Are you looking for anything in particular? I'll know. Just need a little bit of a walk. And, and you I just stretch the legs. You know, there's a lot of places to go. It is interesting that you wanted to go specifically with us. Yeah. Is there a reason? Is there a reason for that? Uh, three's company, mate. You know. And I love company. <laughs> and he's not being. Is he being? Is he being honest about that? Is Give he... me an yeah. insight roll. I'm gonna make an insight yeah. check. I was gonna do that anyway. Mm. Fuck. Cannot roll insight. Uh, nine. Doity twenty. Nice. Got a dirty 20 and a 9? Yeah. Bowsers. Um, the dirty 20 would let you know that uh, yeah, he is not being honest with you. Yeah. Is that enough? Like, yeah. Is he, at, like, is he, again, does that maybe also get me like, oh, is he pretending to be drunk or is he really actually drunk? You think it might be a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B? Like, he definitely smells, and you've seen him consuming a lot of wine. Right. Yeah, so, like, that's going to take a minute for that to get out of his system. But mm -hmm. you're but maybe not quite as drunk as... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's maybe leaning on it a little much. Yeah. Yeah, make people underestimate you. That's a solid strategy. And he'll say, I'm sorry, I don't think we've been properly introduced. I'm... Des... Des... I lap that. Darren... That's it. Darren Dunn. That's Darren me. Darren Dunn. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's my name. Um, I'm Cherish. 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 I've got it now. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. mm. And uh, we've already met. Have we? Yes. Oh. I'm sorry. I've got a terrible memory for faces. Uh, like I said, name's Darren Dunn. Hmm. Ah, uh, Horatio. Good to meet you. Ah. Kind of like. Okay. <laughs> We're Horatio and Al and. And honestly, if anyone asks for Cherish's last name, she's probably going to say Valmarod. There you go. Did you introduce yourself as Cherish Valmarod? He didn't ask for my last name. Okay. I mean... Uh... Honestly, I thought he was implying that when he was just repeating my name. And so you didn't follow up? No. Okay. And uh, say, Oh, Horatio! Nice to meet you. Horatio. Mm -hmm. Horatio. Darren. Yeah, that's it. That's my name. Mm, mm. Got it in one. Yeah, it's good. I've usually takes me a couple times. I can't imagine why. Aye, yes, it's beyond me. Usually his mind's like a steel trap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like... 
his his he's tapping his noggin and then like the second tap like misses his face. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say. <laughs> Is there any sights you wanna see? I don't know. I was just using this as an excuse to just go on a little bit of a jaunt. You know. Mm-hmm. A little bit mm-hmm. of a meander around the building. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking all that wine was a really good play. You definitely seem really, really drunk now. It's, uh, no. No drunk at all. Nah. Doing just fine. <clears throat> definitely. It's always, good to play on, it's always good to play on people's expectations, I suppose. Oh, yeah? That's true. Yeah. I would expect so. Are we, like, in... Are we near any of the, like, Hobgoblin guards, or are we in a conveniently sparse hallway? Conveniently sparse hallway with some windows looking out over the parade grounds. You see that the Hobgoblin legionnaires uh, have dispersed at this point. There's still some guards moving around, but for the most part, that, like, uh, big display has dispersed itself now. What are you looking for? Maybe we can help. Um, Cherish, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not looking for anything, right? I'm just out for a walk with the two of you in the Hobgoblin Fortress. (laughs) Yeah? It does seem that way. Yeah, does, does. Mm-hmm. Friendship is what you're looking for, then. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, right. Okay. Friendship. Because that's something I've got. There's lots of friends. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Making more by the minute. <laughs> like my good friend Cherish here and my friend uh, Horatio. Okay. It's just like, okay, you're just like, you're so bad at this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's continue. Do you say we? that out loud? Yes. I go, bad at what? Nothing. I'm not bad at nothing. I'm bad at some things. I'm sure you are. Let's walk and talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's such a relatable sentence. I'm not bad at nothing. I'm bad at some things. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and Darren will just continue to follow you. Occasionally, like, staggering into a wall and bracing himself. Though, Cherish, you're pretty sure, like, the stumbles are the big part of the act. Yeah. (laughs) Keen Mind allows me to count the steps between all the stumbles, and there is a pattern. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Your explorations don't really lead you to anything decent on this floor. Uh, do you want to try to explore up or down, or do you go back to the room? Uh, how far into our 15 minutes are we? You're probably pretty close. Yeah. Uh, well, we should probably head back, because Grawl did, Al did say, I don't think I'd mess up there out loud, but, um, <laughs> you know, 
I'll say keen, 15 minutes. Keen, and mind. keen mind. Yeah, keen mind. <laughs> uh, well, Al did say that if in 15 minutes everything's good, then maybe we can go out a little bit longer. So Keen mind just means the mess up was on purpose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I don't think Cherish would mess up on accident. Um, and as you're heading back the way you came... Uh, yeah, Cherish, you would basically have this place, at least this whole floor mapped out in your head at this point. Yeah. So, you know exactly which route you need to take to get back. Uh, mm -hmm. and eventually, uh, Darren will be like, I don't think we've been in this room yet. Mm. And have we? And as you're passing this room, you, uh see that there's a hobgoblin standing outside and this is definitely a room you've been into. Uh, are, you sure? are you sure? Oh, yeah. We, we want to see it all, right? So we should check it out. Okay. Real quick. Right. Hello, Mr. Hobgoblin. And he'll, like, walk in through the door. And then we leave. Do the two of you follow him in? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, as soon as you're inside, Darren will, like, turn towards the two of you and, like, gesture towards the door to, like, close it. Yeah. Um, and he'll gesture you over to the far side of the room. Um... And this room is conspicuous in that it is the largest room you've been in that isn't the one you were all wrangled into. It's about 30 mm -hmm. feet wide. And yeah. he'll gather you back towards the back edge of the room. And it's like, stand close. Hold my breath. And then he'll, like, lean out to look past you towards the door. And he'll lift a hand and say in draconic, Silence. Interesting. And nothing seems to change. You can still hear everything. He's like, he straightens up a little bit and he says, Okay, uh, they shouldn't be able to hear us now. <clears throat> Having the conversation out in the hallway was pretty stupid, girl. What conversation? We're just, we were asking why you were following us. Yeah, and you did it right in the middle of the hallway when all the hobgoblins could hear you. So, it was really stupid. <laughs> well, you are parading around as a massive drunk. It's pretty think... pretty, a pretty standard thing to want to know why a drunk guy is following you. Yeah, yeah, I think they'd understand why we'd be concerned that you'd be following us around. Sure, but you don't have to this. make it so obvious. We're in enemy territory, kids. It's not like you can just... Oh, boy. Uh, I am too drunk for this. Um, what, what, what do you want? Well, Horatio, I want to make sure you two walk out of here alive. Huh? Is that good? Okay, sure. Why? I also would like to walk out of here alive. Why? Because you're the yeah. bleeding kid of one of my best friends. That's why, you dumb little shit. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason. That's okay. Good. I think maybe I'm just sort of along for the ride, but 
Well, look, you're the friend of a friend's kid, so it means you probably shouldn't die. Yeah. Also, uh, I like your purple. It's good. Thank you. I was born with it. Oh. <laughs> well, good on you. So wait, you know Sid's dad? Yeah. I'm he from Fair Ames here. It's where his dad no, is. I don't just I don't know everybody in Blue Gulch. Oh, is that where you're from? Yeah. Cool. The mayor's a dick. <laughs> he is. Yeah. I the whole political system in my uh, it's town is fucked. Really fucked up. It's yeah, it's They need like a things. city council or something. I know. <laughs> Darren Dunn might be my new favorite. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned that people were somewhere. Like you asked me if I got out. What does that mean? What 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 happened at Fair Ames here? A whole city's on lockdown. Well, not lockdown. It's it's locked up. It's. Ugh. I'm going to explain this later to everybody. It's... No one else can get out. Right? I only managed to do it because I can do some stuff. But it's your dad and a lot of other people are locked up there. They can't get out. And if they try it, they... I'm, like I said, I'm going to explain this all later. I don't want to do it a second time. So... It's it's fine. Okay. Bad stuff happens if they try to leave. I'll leave it at that. Okay. And can can you say how long that's ha been happening? It started just after the Maker Festival. People started. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Why does that make sense? Well, I'm going to explain it to everybody. Someone's going to explain it to everybody later. I'd rather not do it twice. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, let's just say that some shit's been going down, and it might be going down. There's some shit going down near Fair Ames here, yeah, and other places all over the valley. Oh, good, great, yeah, fucking excellent. Uh yeah. So, long story short, I don't want to see the two of you dead. So. That's why I tagged along. Okay. Though, I did leave everybody else in a room with Piascale, which seems like a really bad idea. Um, and he... He's being sincere when he says this? Seems to be. Unless you want to give me an insight roll to... <laughs> yeah, I would. See, try to see through his bullshit. Uh, well, that one's not nearly as good. 17 for me. I got a three. He seems genuine. Okay. Alright. At least he's dropped some semblance of the act. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like a noticeable difference. Yeah. Um, okay, so did I did I get burned like for no reason? Were you really gonna like fall? I was gonna hip check the bastard. Okay, well, it, okay, then it's a good thing I intervened, because you would have been fried. I mean, yeah, but I would have also hip-checked the bastard, and it would have been funny. 
It wouldn't have been as... Ugh, anyway. <laughs> the blisters wouldn't be as funny. Eh. Worth it. Fuck that guy. I know, right? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> um, well, then we should probably head back, unless there's anything else. He'll turn to you, Sid, and say, Look, I don't know how you came here, or... Honestly, I don't even really know who you are. Uh, it's just... You're Sidian's kid, that's... It's all over your fucking face. So Yeah, I, I've seen the portrait. I am aware of what he looks like. Well. Cool. Uh, I don't know I how just, you got wrapped up in all this. Uh, you know, I've got stuff going on. I'm a fairly important person in this valley. It's true, but you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> so modest. And Darren Dunn will say, Yeah, that tracks. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Blimey, this is weird. I mean, you don't know how weird it is, but this is weird. I'm, it feels pretty weird for me, too. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, we should get back. This silence bubble is not going to last for very long, and they probably think I'm pissing a shit or something in here. So, I mean, just to make it real convincing, oh, no, you could... I don't want them to think I watched him piss and shit in here. <laughs> I mean, he did someone to hold his hand yeah. on level. Gonna fall over. Uh huh. All right, but yeah, you just don't tell anybody else that I'm not as drunk as they think I am. Sure. Okay, thank you. Said Dean. What? I just asked if you could do something, and you just were very quiet. Uh, I was thinking about something else, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, this is spooky. Um, <laughs> I... Yeah, yes, I will not tell anybody. Thank you. Lords. Ah. Uh, Hamid, save me. Uh, you just... Alright, well, I'm gonna drop the thing now, and then we'll go. Right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Please. And he'll snap his fingers and say, Oh no, we have been into this room before. Yeah, see, I mean, I told Fuck. you. I've, I've been telling you for the last five minutes that we've been in here before. So can we go now, please? Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Darren? Darren, talk and talk. Darren, do not pee in this room. Do not pee in this room. Darren, P we are Pull up your pants. I do not want to see that. The door will open and you see the, the hobgoblin guard just like lean in through the door frame and stare at you. Don't worry, we got it. Yeah, I'm and then so I, sorry I, I, about I kick, him. I kick him in the butt to like get him to move forward. <laughs> and he'll like dramatically like do a, a Buster Keaton like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about him. And the hobgoblin's just gonna shake his head. Still not saying anything, but just staring at you, just like, ugh, these people. So undisciplined. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And eventually you make it back to the sorting room. Grawl, Tirza. Mm -hmm. 
while you are waiting for 15 long minutes. Eventually, the mayor will look over to you and gesture you over. I'll go over. I'll go over as well, too. Okay. <laughs> and Mayor Ezekiel Von Zorovich will introduce you to Prime Speaker Brian Lady Lanado. Do you introduce yourselves? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, technically, Ezekiel should also be introducing us. That's yeah. only polite. But... He introduces you as Tears of Cloakbearer and Al. <laughs> Just Al. My parents were weird. It's fine. And the Prime Speaker will stare at you with eyes that really don't blink. And when you, like, are looking at her, you can see that she has, like, very odd goat-like pupils. Like, they're weirdly oblong. No, no, no like that. And she will, like, bow her head slightly. Uh, You gather she and her contingent are from Lake Quelio. They come from someplace called Zonot Zero. And, yeah, she is seemingly unimpressed by this place. Uh, she specifically looks to you, Grawl, and asks, And what legion are you from? Uh, kind of, kind of doing a solo gig right now. Are you from one of the mercenary bands? No. Thought about it for a while. Wasn't really my style. So, that's a no. Uh, Legion of One. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And you have Looks been brought into the old mage's trust? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do a lot of work for her. She's very busy and needs things done from time to time. You know, like get the milk. Yes. Stuff like that. We know. Mm. We do much work for her at the Zonat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unless you have any specific questions for her or that otherwise she'll kind of like lapse the silence. It seems like the mayor was definitely sort of just like pushing her forward with small Keeping talk. the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'll mention that I'm from the area around Lake Quelio, but I don't, I don't know that she'll care. <laughs> uh, if you mention you're from Utbari, she will nod and say, we have made some deals with the scaled council. <laughs> cool. I'm also kind of doing a solo gig right now. No, I don't. I don't say that. Um, Are you a thunder guard? <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I've I've not finished uh, my vows. Um, 
the issues of the valley seem rather more pressing. And um, I've not been home in a while. This is good. Archaic religious ceremonies should not waylay the needs of the many of this valley. You know, I rather agree. And she will nod. Her face is always this sort of implacid, implacable mask. She doesn't really have any expressions or emotions. As you continue to talk with her, eventually she does blink, but her eyelids come in from the side. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's when Grawl just like... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Bye. Hey, there's something uh, interesting over there. I'm gonna go check it out. Just stares at a wall Lo from an inch away. Lovely, lovely to meet you. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk again. Where do you walk to in the room, Grawl? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go stand. Uh, uh, is there, there? You said there's there's no windows to this place, or there are windows? Not in this room, no. Damn it. Um, what's uh what's Mister uh, Greenvein uh doing? He is standing at the edge of the fight pit and like is tapping out a rhythm on his wrist behind his back. Seems like he's like ghost. agitated slightly. Yep. Well, well, you and me both. You want to stand next to him? Yeah, sure. Why not? If he wants to talk to me, then that's great. If he doesn't, yeah, you know, same boat. You know, nothing's changed. He will turn slightly, acknowledging your presence. His bright, flashing green eyes, kind of tracking you. Um, as you were approaching, you heard him. He was actually humming very, very, very softly to himself, but he stops as you approach. And he was humming this, like, little jaunty... <laughs> but he doesn't necessarily say anything as you grow close. Uh... Do I notice that he notices me? Oh yeah. Okay. I'll like I said, he 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 acknowledges your presence. Mm, thank you. Well, just give him a nod and uh, just kind of stand there, just kind of enjoying the like the peace. Okay. As you stand there in silence next to an archfey. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Eventually, your friends come back into the room, followed by Darren Dunn. Pyrescale will sort of sneer as you come back in and say, I hope he didn't pee on anything. He tried. He certainly tried. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. And Darren will say, I should have just stayed here and peed on your Soggy hot ass. That came out wrong. I didn't mean... Because you, you're ugly. <laughs> also, it, it would steam and it would t smell terrible, so... Oh, yeah, just, that too. Uh, it's a no-no, it's a no-win scenario right there. So. Yeah, well, Horatio said, yes, you're right. 
then, yeah, all right, Horatio, let's go rejoin our party. <laughs> yep. So, you reconvene the four of you over in a corner of the room. I think in a mirror to uh, Tirza earlier, I think Cherish kind of squeezes Sid's shoulder and is like, are you okay? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um... Oh, in a mirror to grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah, I don't I don't know what to think. I don't have a high opinion of whoever the person is that is my father, but he's not somebody I know. Um and not really somebody I've thought too much about. But yeah, I mean, you know, I can relate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I know that you can relate, and I I appreciate I'm just, that. I'm 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 here for you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sid, with your passive perception as high as it is, you would maybe glance up as you're having this conversation back to where Darren Dunn has sort of slumped into the wall. Not that far from Pyre scale, as though getting near to him just to annoy him with Darren's presence. Mm-hmm. But Dunn's strange silver eyes looking up through his strands of dark matted hair are staring in your direction. Not at you, though, but at Cherish. Interesting. Do you, does he look familiar? Darren Dunn? Do you, uh, I'm asking Cher Cherish. Why is he, why is he staring at you? Well, I mean, I'm purple. <laughs> I'm purple, and I have horns, and I have I'm, glowing gold freckles, and... I mean, there are people here with. I things. don't know. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have taken off my riding clothes. I feel like I'm standing out even more now. What do you mean? I. Well, I just. I don't think you stand out. Well, I, I appreciate that, but. Honestly, I probably stand out a lot more than you do at this point. <laughs> I guess that must. That might be true. <laughs> It's honestly a weird feeling. I feel... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm used to being able to blend in, and I don't feel like it can, and it's unsettling. Yeah. He was staring at me earlier, though. Yeah. When Pyrescale, came, when Pyrescale arrived. I guess that's the only way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll keep an eye on him. See, see what he does. I don't, I don't trust him. Okay. As you I say that, you like really anybody, but glance yeah. back at Darren Dunn, and as you're still continuing to have this conversation, Dunn's eyes have moved away, and it is now locked with Pyre Scale, and the two of them are just staring daggers at each other. The heat around Pyre Scale is palpable. 
Meanwhile, the dwarves over to one side are moving over to the brine lady and the mayor, and they're beginning a deeper conversation. Still, the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven is just hiding in a corner, essentially. The Archfey, Lord Greenvane, is beginning to, like, sway slightly. As though he's just about to, like, start dancing to music no one else can hear. He's still tapping nervously at his wrist behind his back. And as you all sit and wait for the inevitable start of this summit, stewing in your own discontent with more questions than answers, I think it is there that we're going to end this episode of Material Components. Because as always, you can find us on Twitter at matcomrpg, that's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners, regardless of way in which you choose to get a hold of us. Mm-hmm. One of those ways is uh, finding me on Twitter, at Elliot C. Lewis. Um... I don't know. I just I feel like the last like four sessions I've ended just being like I'm in trouble. I'm I'm in trouble. Um <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I'm also doing OC October right now. So uh come uh, come talk to me about my uh, RPG characters. All 31 plus of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'm over uh at on twitter sorry again my brain is still just like um at cry out olivia um come hang out let's talk about i don't know how we're the worst people to be diplomats (laughs) if everything goes right we will not say anything (laughs) (laughs) yep um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Redimus. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. T- 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 solve my problems for me. Come up with a good plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, build a small, small house in, in, in Blue Gulch and just kind of live out my days is the plan right now. So, yep, yeah, let's, uh, let's come up with something. Mm. Um, and another way that you can get in contact with us is uh, rating our show on uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you are consuming the podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think, uh, and it helps us out a great deal. Um, so we'd really appreciate it. All of this is true. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you wish to contact me personally about whatever hijinks I'm personally getting up to, like leaving my players to stew in emotional turmoil, you can do so over at Twitter, at MKGurgoni, where I'm more than willing to talk about all of the distress I put my players through. And of course, you can also find our good, good friend Omatep, because even when he is not being conjured into war camps of hobgoblins, uh, he is can be found at NPC underscore AN where he is, of course, an important NPC. Um, And at least for the time being, you can, of course, see Elliot and I every Saturday morning over on Twitch on the Greyhawk channel, where we are into some straight-up hag nonsense over on Dreadwood Fairy Tales. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause pretty soon they're going to be meeting dismal Zala worm and her endless legions of maggots. And it is then that they will know the true horror of the Dreadwood. Eh. <laughs> Doubtful. Fair enough. You you want to see you want to see how well we handle the Dreadwood? Go listen to the most recent episode because uh, <laughs> we just demolished. Look there there is a there is a vampire. His name was Man Candy, and some demolishing happened. Mm-hmm. But. Go check that out either on the uh, Twitch play Twitch page of the Greyhawk channel or on their YouTube.